with episode 52 of Taylor Trash Fly Fishing. It is Sunday fun day in the Taylor Park. We're doing a matinee show, boys. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. It's light outside, and I like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, a little, little different uh, way of doing things, but uh, we have to adapt to uh, Mark's inability to remember important events in his life. and uh, <laughs> It happens quite often. <laughs> we pushed off a day, mm-hmm. and uh, here we are. So uh, I think what it's been probably, has it been almost a month since we did one of these? Three weeks. Yeah, Yeah, three weeks weeks plus-ish. You know, I think one of the biggest things that's going on is uh, everybody's pretty damn busy. I know I've been busy. Mm -hmm. um, Not a lot of work, but busy nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Um, Carl, I know you got a few things going on at the shop that are kind of exciting. Got a lot going on, and, and then the ability to do anything fun after has waned in the last what grinding to the end of summer (laughs) you know it's just been either well we got a little bit of kind of reprieve in the last week yeah but i got a i got a text early this morning um somebody like hey man how's it going uh have you been out lately and i was like "Mm, probably not in three weeks (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I had a conversation with someone this afternoon before we came down to the Taylor Park. Uh, had lunch up at JB's, and his question was, "So how is it out there?" And I was like, "It's kind of okay mm-hmm. if you're next to a shoreline, um, but the water's dirty again. Uh, we're back into that nasty lagoon fucking soup." of late summer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i said you know it's like the uh, i feel like i'm in an zero and two count standing in the batter's box it's too hot mm-hmm. the water's shitty yep. as far as seeing right and i'm just not I, i'm just not up to taking a swing at it yeah. so i'm just like stepping back Step, out yeah. you know now another month from now we start getting a couple of cold fronts coming through maybe the water will clean up just a little bit the temperature will be tolerable, and I'll be able to tolerate my inability to catch fish a little bit better. And and that's just it. It's like you you just don't really feel like it. That's at the by the end of like a hot day, if you're trying to do like an evening session or whatever, it's just you've already had enough heat to like. Yeah, yeah. You just want to like catch some air conditioning. Now I did go to the beach um, down on the north end of Canaveral National Seashore two three evenings ago. Um, that's when that thunderstorm I took a picture oh, yeah, of that yeah, I posted. Yeah. And because of that storm, I didn't spend a whole lot of time yeah. on the beach. Oh, no. But, uh, you know, I've just gotten to the point where I'm like, 
eh, you know, I'll just drive down there and walk the beach. And yeah. What's the likelihood of seeing something to cast at? Pretty minimal. But at the same time, You're not there. a lo- not a lot of effort put into it. Right. I did find some cool sea glass, um, which is always a bonus. But, uh, yeah, man, it's just been, uh, wh- what do they call it? The dog days of yeah. summer. It's just <laughs> yeah. right at the end, I've just had enough. And it's, uh, but I, I do believe that this, our kind of weather patterns and stuff in this last week, I think we've kind of broken a little bit. I think there's something that, it's still hot, but I think something's changing because it's normal afternoon showers again for a few weeks there or for a lot of the summer. We didn't have that regular, you know what I mean? Like afternoon shower, whatever. Oh, yeah. Now it's kind of raining and staying around yeah. for a little bit. So yeah. I'm like like once it starts, it could, yeah, yeah, it's a little different yeah. for sure. And, uh, you know, I'm seeing like uh, posts. Um, Bree uh, made a post the other morning, and she did like the temperature, and it was like yeah. 66 degrees. Yeah, up yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's creeping. Oh, it's down, coming. Yeah. It's coming. Somehow, you know, somebody leave the door open, please. Let yeah. that shit slip out and head mm-hmm. south. Yeah. Um, I would say that the most most fly fishing related activity in my life of of late has been uh, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I mean. Honestly, that's about it. Yeah. Um, but I, I will tell you that uh, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I, I do listen to Rogan from time to time. Mm-hmm. I do the and, big yeah. ones like that, and, like and, the different ones. And I, when I say I listen to it, I, I watch Rogan on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would rather watch the YouTube than, than listen to it. And most of the reason for that is... My truck's old enough. It's 15 years old. I don't have an aux plug-in. <laughs> like, you know, for me to get, like, shit into my radio to listen to it in the truck is an undertaking. And the tires that I have, there's a lot of road noise. Yep. And I just don't feel like listening to podcasts in the truck, I can hear enough of what's going on. Mm-hmm. That being said, as far as, like, fly fishing podcasts... Um, you know, and here we are, this is kind of the <laughs> juxtapose this. I know a lot of people listen to our podcast for whatever reason. Um, probably Ben, but yeah, like yeah. Ben, Ben smashes the play button, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I don't find myself looking for and seeking out, um, a lot of podcasts on fly fishing. Um, Mm-mm. but I stumbled upon, Millhouse, mm-hmm. and I watched the episode with Flip, and I found it very interesting. Uh, Andy Mill has a great manner in which he conducts his interviews, and as a result of watching that one, the next one that was served to me by YouTube was Nathaniel Linville, um, the owner of the angling company, Fly oh, Shop, cool. down in okay. Key West. Yeah, very cool. I will tell you singularly, Flip, I love you, but Nathaniel's podcast was the most interesting, captivating podcast of someone in the fly fishing world that I've listened Mm -hmm. to quite possibly ever. Um, Flip's interesting. I like Flip, but if I were to tell someone, hey, give Millhouse a listen to, to wet your whistle... The Nathaniel Linville 
mm-hmm. podcast is the one that you should be listening to. Incredible story the guy has. And I've, I've known Nathaniel, not very close. Like I've known him. Mm-hmm. I've sat next to him at a wedding, at a reception, and chatted with him. Had no idea his backstory. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tease it at all. I'm just going to tell you. Good listen. Good, yeah. amazing listen. Good. Yeah, I do a lot of the, probably a lot like your average. I do a lot of those bigger ones. A lot of comedians and uh-huh. so on and so forth. Um, kind of to keep up with news and stuff and what people are working on and if movies are ever going to come out again and right. know, so on and so forth. But So... On the movie one, I have been going to the movies quite a bit because they're two bucks right now, and they keep it didn't come out. I, but did we talk about the backstory of that? So like, since the movie houses aren't making films, there's they're playing like old recycling films, them, recycling yeah, like old but old cool stuff like old Star Wars stuff or whatever that yeah, you've been going to. But they keep showing the new trailers, and it's funny because it all says coming June two thousand twenty twenty and July. Mm-hmm. And I'm like that didn't come out. Mm-hmm. That one didn't come out, but. The new Ghostbusters Afterlife looks pretty promising. No, Ben. No. It's, it's, <laughs> why? No, it's only the original, man. I know, I get it. But it's, it's with kids. Like, the kids, like, find the grandpa stuff. And they're like, so I'm, I'm going to go Mark, see what did you say? No. Okay. Okay. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Mark. <laughs> and I didn't see the second one because I was like, no, this is stupid. There was a second one? They made a remix with, like, a bunch of chicks. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. I was, wasn't aware. You you probably didn't miss anything. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I missed anything. I didn't so see I, it. I saw that trailer, and I did get excited. I got pretty excited, Mark. And then they started showing a bunch of stuff, and I was like, no, it's not sticking to the Ghostbuster. The original. You know, no. And kids, come on. At least make them teenagers. We're, we're fighting evil adults. here, man. <laughs> You know, like eternal evil, right? And we just we no just, one's ever, we just shit all over Ben's fucking party. <laughs> you know what though? It's, it's Ben's probably like, not, well, it's that's not the first time this has happened. That's all I had on my show notes. Thanks, no. guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, back yeah. to no, Melbourne. Uh, you know how many movie trailers I've seen that haven't come out later? I can tell this from miles. Uh, I mean, the kid's like Emma's age, and he one of them the car, and then he's driving. It's like, oh, yeah, and then he's like, there's a gunner seat, and it slides out, and they're like, swing around the city, and it's like, it looks cool. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to spend money on that one. Um, the Top Gun 2 trailer did play, mm-hmm. and that on the big screen, that trailer got me more excited than I was for it when I watched it when the trailer came out on my phone and yeah. on my TV. Super pumped. And that's about it. Classic movies. I've seen a lot of Harry Potters lately. Um, I can proudly say I've never seen a single one. You know no, I don't think so either. I can proudly say you're missing out. Yeah. You don't have to like it. The um, damn good. It's good. Um, <laughs> saw those. Jurassic Park, Star Wars, something else. I, I went. I think I saw two or three movies a week for like a little while there. Hmm. I, there's nothing coming out. I feel like I gotta go see this week. I don't think uh, the theater in New Smyrna is doing that gig like it's still no, just it's closed just like, down yeah, yeah. yeah it's well just it's funny because i saw the amc one they're like opening up on i think it's like september 20th 15 cent movies and like ours are two bucks been, yeah but you still spend 40 bucks in popcorn and right. soda <laughs> no, no 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 you go in ben brings his own in his backpack no Slash no. man bag no purse 
Thank you. Um, <laughs> no, the uh, I go get that. Mine has like they're roasted in Gainesville, but they've got a coffee roaster guy that sends them coffee, and I get an ice mocha every time I go for it's like six bucks in the theater. Wonderful. Really? <laughs> It'll change your life. They have a like a For really eight, good coffee place inside of a movie theater. Yeah, it's, they just have an espresso machine and they'll make you like there's like four or five drink options. Huh. And you go in, just, I want a nice mocha, large, thank you. Walk in, get a caffeine, but cuz I can't go the ones I go to are 7 o'clock at night cuz I get off work by the time like the, right, they right. only show th- the film like three times a day. Right. It's not like 100 like normal. So, you So what's on, the seating like? Or is um, it like every other every other? Every well, as long as you're... Or every third. About six feet between groups. Okay. So, like, the one time we were sitting on this row, someone was two rows in front of us, and somebody came in and sat between both of us, like, in the row in front of us, but behind the other person. And right. someone actually came in and said, hey, sorry, we got to ask you to slide that way or that way, or they're going to shut us down. Okay. And that's so, when they but whipped they, out the collapsible baton. No, they, no, well, they, they tie a bunch of to masks together and whip Well, them that's the cool thing. No mask rules. <laughs> Um, nobody gives a rip about. It. There's not even a, like because West probably because you're like e- eating in there. Well, but like, here's the thing: like West Melbourne's got your business has to have a thing on the door. You, you have to wear a mask, whether you enforce it or not. Blah blah blah. But you have to. Well, they don't have it, and they walk in, you get what you want, and everyone's friendly. You go in there, and well, it's it's like the theme parks, Disney World, Universal, all those mandatory masks. Uh huh. You know how to get around it? Eat. Buy a giant ass bag of popcorn. Just walk around just with it all day, <laughs> at a time, and a soda. That's worth no it. No mask. Make. I'll, I'll pay thirty dollars for. See, bag I of thought popcorn. I thought I heard that you know that was going on, and then both Disney and Universal put out a statement that there's no more walking around eating. You have to if you're oh they actually oh. caught you, people yeah doing you it. have yeah. To, in order to be never sold them with t- popcorn <laughs> taking off your mask you have to be in like this designated eating area and be seated and all this stuff like some Karen ruined that yeah. that's a that's GFC. kind of a sad state of affairs Damn. considering the amount of people that work for the parks right there and the fact that I don't know is anybody actually going not many at all no no they say <laughs> if you like wanted to go this is the time to go right <clears throat> so they're limiting access like. You know, no more than however many people. But they're not even meeting those numbers for that capacity. I know Susan and Emma go to Universal. If it was any cooler and you had, like, a nice, like, uh, I don't go cause comfortable kind of buff or something, yeah. you wanted to ride some rides. Well, here's the thing. Universal lets you wear a buff. I guess Disney doesn't. And no, they, right. like, make you wear, like, a mask. They want, see, they want you to be, like, was it hypoxic? So that you're making poor decisions and buying their merchandise. Well, if That's you walked yeah. around with a hot you're just mask so mouth, over it with the yeah. kids, you're like, yeah. wouldn't you? Of course, you can have thirty dollars on a beer. Yeah. Oh yeah, Beanie dude. Baby. Yeah, nine dollar yeah. glass of soda. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bring it on. It's hot. Mm-hmm. So, Carl, did you by chance um, catch Joe Rogan with um, Post Malone? I did. Yeah. What did you think of that? I, I like him. I think he's funny. I think he's, yeah, I think he's an interesting cat. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Maybe it got off to a slow start. I didn't watch the entire episode. Uh-huh. Um, but for the part that I did watch, Post Malone made a very prophetic statement. I, I, I mean, to the point <laughs> that I grabbed my phone uh-huh. and I said, this is a show note. Yeah. 
and this is a, a pretty direct quote in response to something that Joe Rogan asked him of a very like adult, serious nature. Mm-hmm. Quote, I'm 25. I can't speak on that shit. and i was like holy shit somebody needs to make a a a gif of post malone Mm -hmm. telling his fucking fellow 25 year olds Mm -hmm. i can't speak on that i'm fucking 25 yeah and i instantaneously was like my god for him to be that self-aware is number one awesome number two i hope that quote gets out because it could totally change the entire social media experience if 20-somethings actually recognized their lack of life's experience. Right. Mm-hmm. And, like, stopped with some of the just insane bullshit that you have to weed through on social media to be like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. why, why would somebody say that? Oh, 25. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was incredible that Post Malone said that. I think he's funny because he's like the dude that probably wouldn't have made it. Right. Oh, yeah. And it just happened upon him, but in a, such a huge way. I think he's really disconnected uh-huh. from like how oh, shit no, actually goes. Because through. of the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't look so at that face and say he's not awesome. Right. And like outside of, like from the limited amount that I watched, like the over the top pop persona that he has is completely the opposite because sitting down with Rogan, he was just. So mellow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, just reserved and chill and very thoughtful with his, with what he had to say. And, like, he's living, I believe, in Utah now. Yeah. And it's like, he was just like, man, I couldn't take LA anymore. Like, you know, I just had to get out. And, and it's like, I guess I left what little bit that I watched of that episode with a, a newfound respect for Post Malone. Right. Because I really don't, I can't, I mean, I'm sure I've heard his music, um, but I don't, like, go out of my way to listen to it. Right. And for him to be as successful and as popular and as young as he is, he came across in the amount of time I listened to him as being, like, an old soul oh, in yeah. a young right. body. Well, and yeah. some of his music comes across that way, too. Not all of it. Some of it's, like, party music. Um, but some of the, you listen to some of the lyrics, you're like, dang, someone put some thought into that. My favorite's candy paint, personally. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know that one. <laughs> you know, along with you know watching a couple of podcasts here and there and and whatnot, I've been on YouTube like mm-hmm. pretty nonstop yeah. the last two weeks. Um, and if not that, like on Netflix or whatever, yep. and I can't remember what whether it was it's either Netflix, Amazon, or Hulu. Um, there's a movie, and it's a documentary called Tennessee Whiskey. Oh, I think it's on Netflix. Okay, I don't know. I can't I remember because I I go back and forth all the time. Yeah. So Tennessee Whiskey, and you know this is where. I'm exposed as to why I didn't get good grades on book reports. (laughs) I don't remember the guy's name, um, but it's about a songwriter that has written songs in Nashville for decades. And he really got noticed in like his, his first big song that was recorded 
was by George Strait. And then he almost exclusively, like, gave George Strait all his stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, George Strait, like, super successful song. Mm-hmm. And George Strait went to him and said, man, whatever you write from now on, can, can I have first writer refusal? Mm-hmm. And he literally, you know, has recorded tons of it. Kenny Chesney, um, you name it. He's, I mean, and it's all like really fucking incredible songs that when you hear him, you're like, holy shit, this one fucking dude has written all of these the, songs. The, what do they call it? The man behind the curtain or whatever. Yeah. 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 And, and, and like he partnered with some people, uh, throughout his career and one of the guys that he partnered with he tells stories about it and stuff this guy was like kind of eccentric which I'm sure is probably uh, in the wheelhouse for any songwriter that's right. you know very good um, the guy actually had a boat uh, I want to say it was the name of it was Legend or something it was like a motor yacht mm-hmm. um, more kind of like a trawler style mm-hmm. and they would be like down on that boat somewhere here in Florida or over in the Bahamas and they would literally sit on the boat and write songs. Because, like... It got them away from yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. And, Damn. You His know. name is Dean Dillon. Dean Dillon. And it's yes. on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Man, if if huh. you're a music fan, yeah. regardless of whether you really like country music or not, this, dude, unbelievably good way to spend a couple of, you know, hour and a half or so. Um, watch it, because it's really, really worthwhile. Interesting. Tennessee whiskey. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of Dark Docs. Oh yeah, yeah, I've been catching, catching. up on. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey Keisha, it's Becca, a volunteer. Oh, you, it's we all vote. It's election in the United season. States of Women. What? Yeah, got you pegged. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Bam, on got you Sunday pegged, Keisha. <laughs> Not for me. Right. Wow. So I've got a note here, and it's right after the uh, Post Malone quote. So I, I can't can't say that I can attribute it directly to something I heard on that podcast, but it must have happened right right in and around that. And uh, it just simply says, "Selling the dream versus earning it." And I think you know he was talking about how many people are out there and they're selling this idea that, you know, the the dream is just attainable by talking about it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. versus actually earning it Mm -hmm. and like putting your time in and actually working in, in that become, you know, you become the, the success. Right. And I thought that was kind of interesting because you know, a lot of times with celebrities and influencers and the like, you know, there's there's a lot of mystery behind right. how did they get there. And it's easy for a lot of us to, to look at somebody and say, they were given that. Mm-hmm. But probably the reality is the ones that are really notable probably busted their ass to get there. Right. And, you know, it's... It's a hard line to figure out sometimes because there are so many people that are out there doing the fake it till you make it kind of deal. Right. But uh, I was just going to say that there's a lot of, you know, hey, look at me. I'm fly fishing. 
or well, you know, you it's know. it's no different than you know. I think we touched on it in a previous episode. The hey, look at me, I'm a guide, right? Um, yeah. You know, and it looks good on social media, but people that are whether they're in Bozeman, Montana, and they see this guy posting that you know he's working for an outfitter as a guide and how awesome things are on the river they actually know the truth is you know it's been a struggle bus ride for the last three weeks that he was probably stacking clips from earlier in the summer right or you know to hear locally where you're like that guy doesn't fish enough and he has to make a phone call to figure out where to go Mm -hmm. it's a completely local ability to 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 navigate who's you know living the dream right and who, yeah just selling it and who's just selling it mm-hmm. so that's that's the thing with the millhouse podcast that you know these are people that Andy and, and there's a whole list of people that I I want that he's interviewed mm-hmm. but they're people that you already know like mm-hmm. holy shit these yeah. are the guys that have been in it for 20 30 years they're mm-hmm. not just you know somebody yeah. that got lucky in the lottery right. and and got their guide permit and they book one or two trips on the weekends. Yeah. Sure. These are guys that have made their living mm-hmm. doing it. I'll tell you one he's got that I thought was pretty good uh, that my boss told me to listen to was the one he did with Skip Smith. Okay. It's he was like a he was a captain on the on this huge sport fish that they the sport fish they used as they had a mothership that they'd actually put the sport fish on top of. And like take it places and then launch and live off the mothership and this like thirty seven foot sport fish was like like a decent a tender. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was Wow. It, mm-hmm. It's cool as heck. And I just saw there's a part two that came out to that that I guess I haven't listened to yet. Okay. Um, but add that to your list. It's fascinating. So not super fly fishing related. It's kind of a little yeah. bit more the conventional. But. I, I'm looking at notes here and, and I was remiss when I was talking about flip earlier. Um Flip has his own uh, YouTube channel now. He does. Yes. Um, hasn't updated it much no. lately. Yeah, he hasn't done much. And, and I'm new to the, hey, Flip's got a YouTube channel. But when I found it, I was like, all right, let me. I tried to watch a couple of old Walker's K. And I was like, eh, because he had told the story to Andy Mill of how Walker's K came to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, oh, you know, man, that's something I can watch on YouTube. And when I searched, then I was like, oh, shit, Flip's got a channel. So one of his more recent videos that that's on the Flip channel uh, was was kind of funny. Uh, I like the style that Flip did. Um, it was basically Flip's secret laboratory. <laughs> he said some people call that a garage. Oh, <laughs> and so he like does basically like a walkthrough and shows you his. His garage, right? And uh, it's pretty epic. His pride and joy is his airboat. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, hands down. You know, uh, Hell's Ray is so far in mm-hmm. his past. He Sea Bay, Sea Bay, yeah. Hell's Ray. <laughs> yeah, he's more about being on the river. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the Hail Mary sits outside with a tarp on it, and the the airboat actually gets parked inside. Mm-hmm. So what I found. Fucking delicious about his showing everybody what's going on in the laboratory was that at the end 
he has um, one of those cargo trailers that has like mm-hmm. the yep. the door that opens completely out of the back, like yeah. a ramp. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it has a, 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 a swing pass-through door towards the front. He actually converted it into his own camper. Oh, I've seen this. This is in a little, uh, different little video clip that I saw. Yeah. Out in the woods in it. And yeah. uh, the thing that tickled me the most, and I was like, I kind of, you know, I've always liked Flip. I think Flip's fan- fantastic. Um, but when he opened up the door, the door may have already been open. He takes you inside, and the camera follows him inside. He never says anything about it, um, but there it is, staring you in the fucking face. And and he does make a point to say that, like, his summer kitchen, you know, everything gets uh, – the trailer is really just to sleep in and to get mm-hmm. his gear. And, and he yeah. really uses it primarily during hunting season, and then he also spends time out in the Rockies during yeah. the summer, which he didn't get to do this year because of the, the Carl Rona. Mm-hmm. But when he walks in, there's Flip's little bed. And it has fucking Spider-Man Spider sheets. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. gotta fucking yeah. love. And, and part of me says, is that Flip's sense of humor? That that's why he put those on there? Because it's one of, in my mind. And, and that's, that's the awesome thing about watching a movie or reading a book or listening to something, a song. You get to take away from it what you want to take out of it, right? So my thought is it's one of two things and i'm so totally fucking cool (laughs) with either one of them number one it's a fucking great dry sense of humor that it i mean literally it's like a seven-year-old like spider-man sheet Mm -hmm. set or flip is just frugal and that was like the cheap sheets at walmart (laughs) yeah because it's probably like a single yeah small bed yeah it is yeah and I, I tend to believe, number one, it's Flip is frugal. Mm-hmm. And number two, he was like, I can get that flat white sheet set or, or yeah. I can get fucking Spider-Man. I'm going with Spider-Man. <laughs> and, and that's what I tended to think, too, when I saw it. Because, like, you look at how he, like, built it out. Like, like the, the nice stuff in that trailer is the gear. Right. Like that's less, everything else is like very like simple framing and the, there's like a bed box and it's it's good, don't get me wrong, but it's like there's not like I'm gonna spend a thousand dollars to buy this nice like bed set up to put this mattress on. It's like, no, we're gonna go get some one by material, we're gonna frame this out and we're done. Right. And like the Spider Man sheets fit so well into that like narrative that wasn't trying to be slung, I don't think. Just right. Yeah, and it. it could just be happenstance. Yeah. You know, it's I loved just it. it's just what he had. Um I've noticed those a lot up in the Northwest for ice fishing. Okay. Spider-Man sheets? No, just the, the car- <laughs> cargo, tra- <laughs> just a cargo trailer right. converted because it's cheaper to buy one of those than a fully furnished ice shanty or, right. And they just drive them out on the ice and, you know, they have one by bunks. Yeah. Yeah. A little fry station for whatever they catch that day. And well, I've been watching on YouTube these three, I think they're like maybe freshmen and college kids that bought a U-Haul box truck and have been converting that into a tiny home. Nice. And it is like watching them like struggle through things and like then I follow them on TikTok and they, they had a video one time they're like they're trying to cut that like foam insulation they're like guys we're trying to cut this and like we're using the jigsaw the multi-tool and we're just getting debris everywhere like is there a better way to cut this and like you've watched them the whole video using a box knife and someone says 
cut it with your box knife and snap it. And they like they come on the next video like, holy cow, guys, have you ever tried this? <laughs> they're like, there's no mess. <laughs> like, Score it and it. snap yeah. it. Yeah, but it's cool. So so. You know, watching the laboratory um, tour, I tend to always look in the background in movies and, and everything. There is so much crap. So there's all all this <laughs> crap. And what's really funny is like the like I don't think there's enough ice in Brevard no. County to fill all the Yeti all coolers the Yeti. that are like just yeah. stacked here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. So, like, I'm looking at it going, man, if there's ever a yard sale, you got to go to Flip's yard sale. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't staged. No, like, huh? we're going to put this cooler here so they see that. No, this is like shoved in mm-hmm. back behind a couple boar's heads, mm-hmm. and, you know, canoe paddles. And you're like, it's one of those things, you know, he's he, clearly, I'm sure he's an ambassador. I haven't mm-hmm. looked to verify that, but he probably is for Yeti and well deserved. Um, he probably gets, you know, the UPS truck once a quarter dropping off new stuff, you know, and he's like, the old one's working fine. So -hmm. he just unboxes it and throws it on the shelf or whatever. (laughs) But, uh, other little gems that I noticed, uh, in the background, um, he has a craftsman toolbox, um, the old iconic red Mm -hmm, craftsman mm -hmm. toolbox that has the drawers in it. And, Flip's kind of an organizational kind of guy, so a lot of labeling happens in that laboratory. But the one drawer that fucking made me laugh out loud, pause it, call Shannon in there to show it to her, was a piece of masking tape that he's used to Sharpie. You know, he's got different tools, Mm -hmm. but one drawer is labeled what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if that's where the hammer lives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, I need a three-eighths open-end or a box-end wrench, please. <sighs> Let's go with seven-sixteenths. <laughs> Give me a half. Just get the hammer out of the what the fuck drawer. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Mm. Maybe the next, maybe his, his next video will be like, "What's in there? What's in the drawer?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it wouldn't be unprecedented um, for us to discuss, you know, something, and there be that type of response uh-huh. um, where you know somebody hears the ramblings of four idiots in a trailer park right. and says, "You know what? We should probably expand on that idea." Because I, I'm pretty sure. And I don't know for fucking fact, but I, in my heart of hearts, Howler Brothers, when you originally wore that Howler hat that was mesh oh, all the way mesh. around, yeah. and we were sitting and doing a podcast, it may have even been back when it was Fly Fishing After Dark. I can't remember. And I, I said, well, what we call that back home in Tennessee where I grew up, that's a feed store hat. Right. And they did not call it a feed store hat when you bought it. No. But like the next time they put that style of hat out, it's listed by Howler Brothers as a feed store hat. Yeah. And I was like, they didn't just rename the same I, product. I'm not you know tooting I mean? my yeah. horn. Yeah. But I'm saying, is it just the weirdest fucking coincidence? Well, that that happened, or did they hear that and go, "Holy shit, that really, yeah, mm-hmm. let's call it that." Well, because that's what it is. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think what happens is like so let's say there's thirty people that like are actively involved like in the nitty gritty of Haller Brothers. I'm sure there's you know, by the time you get to know, I'd whatever. say less. Well, but for argument's sake, let's call it ten. Well, they might not all be into this, but there might be one guy that one outlier, one yeah, freak that listens to this. One freak that listens to this. <laughs> one freak at Yeti that listens to this. So on and so forth. Because, like... And they're having a, a meeting. Mm-hmm. And somebody says, hey, man, you, you, you know that hat that we just sold out of? The the all, the all mesh one? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do another run, run of those. You know what they called that on this weird fucking podcast? <laughs> These fucking losers down in a trailer park said that was, that was technically a feed store hat. Mm-hmm. I looked it up, and on Wikipedia, a feed store. <laughs> yeah. is, and they're like, fuck it, let's go with let's it. Go. I'm down. The, uh, I, I always, I'm always surprised when, like, colloquialisms aren't really from where you're from. Right. Like, somebody from, like, New York City says, like, the same shit you said growing up, and you're like, oh, everybody said Everybody that? said <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah. Everybody calls it that? Well, like, um, Haller does, um, what it what, what is it that Haller like when they do a a collaboration? Oh, it's like go, Haller by whatever. Or, or yeah. It's like a Haller yeah. mashup, maybe yeah, they yeah. call it or whatever. Mashup. And and I was like, man, that would have been the perfect opportunity for them to like validate the little guy. And like the next time they did <laughs> a fucking feed store hat, it was the Taylor Trash feed store hat. You know, right? Yeah, yeah they might have sold five of them, but, but you know, we'd have been. We'd have right. been smitten with the there would have been, but, yeah. Like, the five sitting around this table would have looked awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. So anyway, I think that's just delusions of grandeur that, that they heard my well you know and recollection of mm-hmm. years gone by. In the mad scientist laboratory spirit, uh, we'll just start like spitting out things and see which brands are like just randomly pop just up pop with like up. names of right. things. Oh, like so a, like we'll just like a subliminal message. It'll, right. Well, it'll be like right. a. I guess that I don't know if you'd call that a double blind test because we wouldn't know if they knew it, but, and they wouldn't know if they knew it. But just see if we. Well, could so so get we're it. gonna we're gonna say it kind of. What, what would you call it? We're gonna say stuff, and it's gonna come across as on the fly. Yes, right. mm-hmm. and and we're gonna actually based on saying stuff on the fly, we're gonna find out who publicly says I don't listen to those fucking assholes correct but it's going to come back to us a week later when somebody has their lip out and is like right well eh, they you know said, they said this. about me well that was they called this that and what right the, originally that was the Traeger thing too right yeah because they were like a lot of outdoor people were getting them were like what is so special about that you know whatever and then they were like yo check it out or yeah the, or the and we're like uh, do you double haul yeah, yeah, yeah. You had the uh, pirate stickers. Yep, right. And that was remedied. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was it remedied. Was. Um, the the interesting thing to me is, you know, for as small as we, I mean, we're sitting, I mean, literally in a twenty eight wide by forty long double wide, mm-hmm. and we occasionally talk about fly fishing, but we talk about a whole lot more shit than mm-hmm. fly fishing. Yeah, and every once in a while, something stupid that we say catches people's attention and you know people pick up the phone why are you picking on us or mm-hmm. why are you doing that or why did you say that about so and so it's like because we can man we can. it's right. america it yeah. we're just yeah. four guys sitting down shooting the shit 
and having a good time. And you just happen to hear it. Yeah. Right. Not the ones talking behind your back. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Before or after the show. Right. You might not have. Yeah. <laughs> so the, uh, the, the cool thing to me is, uh, you know, like you were saying, Carl, the colloquialisms and, you know, just the, the regional things that get said or talked about and like what's important to one area may not be as important to mm-hmm. where you are. Right. But like, you know, there's certain things that absolutely transcend everything and like everybody's behind it. Right. You know, like, you know, out of everybody at the table, Mark lived in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Ben, you've been to Alaska. Have mm-hmm. you fished in Alaska? Negative. Okay. I've been once and fished once. Never been. Never been. Mm-mm. But I would say that all four of us here see the value in protecting Bristol Bay. Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and, and like big issues like that, you know, it, it is important to get the word out and, and everybody, you know, buys into the, mm-hmm. to the cause. But even when, when that happens, there's still a certain amount of, that messaging that even though I support the cause and the idea behind it, I don't necessarily always agree with the tactics or the way they go about it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like anything that these days you'll believe whatever the media says. If you only read the headlines. Correct. Right. But you read past the headlines and you kind of learn where said mine is going to be on whose property so there's more. There's always more. There's always more. There's always there's more. always more. It's not just defend Bristol Bay against excuse me Pebble Mine or uh, Lake O discharge. Mm-hmm. There, there's always more. There's and, always more to the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people do you think realize that the Lake Okeechobee problem? Of the the discharges, has how many people do you think realize that that issue has actually been actively, maybe not as fast as some people want, but has it been actively being solved since 2000, 20 years ago? Right. Because here's the thing, you know, government never moves fast, ever. Mm -hmm. Unless it's to make you wear a mask or to shut down your business. But when it comes to policy changes, things move really slow. Mm -hmm. So, like, the EAA Reservoir, which is the Everglades Agricultural Area Mm -hmm. Reservoir, is an idea that has had come up. And there's got to be studies done and planning done. Mm -hmm. And things have to fall in line and Boxes have to be checked and double-checked and notice has to be given and hearings have to be held before you can approve a plan. Nobody funds anything unless it's an approved, quote-unquote, shovel-ready plan. Mm -hmm. So the 20 years that it took to get to the point where they were able to approve it, when it was approved, it still wasn't fully funded. It got funded the very following year, thankfully, and there's a group that brought a lot of attention to it. And absolutely as they should, because that's where they live. That's what affects them. Um, No different than with Pebble. The Pebble project was working its way through. Mm -hmm. And granted, 
everybody's like, eh, probably not the best idea. Uh, probably not even a good idea. Probably a shitty idea. And everybody, I mean, I can, for as long as I can remember, I, I mean, the fly fishing film tour, when it originally started, which is years ago, that I think I probably got my first Stop Pebble Mine sticker there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, over the years, I've read past the headline and read more and tried to understand it more. But, you know, when the previous administration simply looked at it and said, we're preemptively saying no, mm-hmm. bam, slam the door. Everybody's like, victory, you know. Well, the company, what is it, um, Dynasty Mining Corp or whatever, mm-hmm. they were like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. There's a process that has to be followed. And we were doing the process. We've spent millions of dollars following this fucking process. And and we understand at the end of the process, you can say yes or no. We're prepared for either answer. But you just like preemptively, you you took away our due process. Mm -hmm. So they sued. So now the government's spending hundreds of thousands, if not more, in legal fees which means tax dollars that could otherwise be spent by the EPA doing enforcement, but instead they're spending on, you know, litigation in a courtroom. And we have a change of administrations. The guy that's running the new administration is more of a business type thinker that looks at situations and says, what's the cost analysis of this? Mm-hmm. We can continue to fight this. They're going to spend money. The government's going to spend money. Ultimately, a judge is going to potentially side with them, or maybe they side with us. But with any judge, any court proceeding, you really never know. So he said, all right, you know what? Let's let the the process continue. Everybody and their brother instantaneously were like, he fucking, you know, is is giving away. You know, he's an asshole. No, he made a business decision. And that's really why half the country voted for that particular person. And you don't have to like him or dislike him to say, I see the wisdom in allowing the process to continue. And the, but the it's not. I, it wasn't ahead. part of the uh, headlines where, oh, it's on. It's They're making it now. Well, that, but it's, I don't think it's on. I think no, the it's process not. continued. The process yeah. continued. But see, the, the, the people that are opposed to it, which includes me, but the loudest voice in the room, instead of saying... Hey, everybody, take a deep breath. While we were happy with what the last administration did by fucking taking it out, taking them out at their knees. Mm-hmm. We've got to go back. and we, We're going to have to go back. We're going to have to redouble yeah. our efforts. But it's not a done deal. But they instead, they started beating the drum of, it's a done deal. We're fucked. We're that, fucked. I, that's the first thing I saw. I was like, wait a minute. I thought they got rid of that. Like, you know, the kibosh was the kibosh. It was never going to happen. Right. And then the Well, I that's the way headline. they sold it. Yeah. I read a headline. It's they're like breaking ground. You know what I mean? No, like it yeah. is on there. They're absolutely going to do it. And I'm like, nah. I don't like you said. Once you read a little bit far, like I mean, well, first so, paragraph. So I may I may have totally read it wrong, but my understanding, um, based on and I I haven't gone super deep diving into the Army Corps did the environmental assessment, mm-hmm. and that's what was just released. And the Army Corps says. We don't see it as being a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's not as likely as everybody's saying to, to cause all these downstream mm-hmm. effects. I don't know the science behind it. I'm not going to pretend to know the science behind it. But what stuck out to me and like shocked me 
was as part of reading that, part of their assessment included like what the environmental impact was going to be not only at the mine itself, but how do you get what you're mining out of the ground and to the market and how do you get the equipment that you need to mine to the mining site? Mm -hmm. It's a transportation corridor that would be required. The mining company had already said to come in from the North isn't feasible, but from the South would be feasible. And this is the route that we would have to take. And so as they studied the issue, they looked at what it would be the environmental impacts of these two corridors. Mm -hmm. And even though they said we probably won't use the northern one, they studied it. They looked at the southern one. They studied it. They came to whatever determination they came to. But the thing that was buried in there that I was like, wait a second. It's uh, a reservation or something like that. Yeah, yeah. a good word for it would be – it's land controlled by several different – indigenous tribes Mm -hmm. but they all those indigenous tribes have one collective group that basically represents them Mm -hmm. and i was like wait a second if they approved that mine tomorrow if the natives who are the ones that are we're protecting and the ones that are the most against it all they have to say is you don't have you don't have a check big (laughs) enough to, to buy the access right you can't come across our land Mm-hmm. We, I, I hear you. Yeah. you. You got this hole in the ground you want to dig, but we're not selling you a way to get there. Right. Yep. So like, that's why I've been scratching my head and saying, why are we... Because here, here's why I don't like it, and I don't like those tactics. Remember when we all went to the um, trade show in Orlando? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the... And we are what's I-cast, the at ICAST, IFTD, and we're um, what's the smoky ass bar? Uh, arenas. 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 <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and name names. It's a publication, um, a real publication. Um, Steve Duda mm-hmm. um, was the editor, editor of the Flyfish Journal, and Steve is on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. And if you look at my Twitter, you can probably figure out my politics. And just as likely, you can look at Steve Duda's and figure out his politics. And we're on the opposite sides of most issues. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there's a lot of issues that we're on the same page on. Pebble Mine happens to be one of them. Steve and I had a conversation, kind of heated to start with, Um where Steve was like, dude, I've seen your shit on Twitter and it's fucking cringeworthy. I don't know how I fucking can call you a friend. You know, I'm paraphrasing. And I was like, dude, dial it back a second. Take a fucking breath. I love you like a brother, man. I've hung out with you in the Bahamas. I've written for your fucking magazine. We both love fly fishing. And here's the thing. I'm never, ever expecting to change your mind, nor am I trying on Twitter. And likewise, I can assure you, you're not going to change my mind. But the trap that I feel you've fallen into, and it's the trap that's been set by both the people that I quote-unquote support, that you fucking can't stand the fact that I like them, and the same goes Mm -hmm. to to, to who you support and who 
They're, they've set a trap. And and here we are in it. We're waiting for the fucking bear trap to close. Mm-hmm. Is they're trying to drive a fucking wedge between you and I having a friendship, right? By making it such a polarizing fucking issue, instead of us saying, "Man, isn't it fucking good that we both agree there should be no pebble mine?" Like, forget all my right. other politics, right? You know, and <clears throat> a lot of that comes from, like you said. You read the fucking highlight, right? And you're like, oh, it's over, yeah. and then when it changed, it's like, oh my god, they've got shovels in the ground. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, and I think if it's like that sensationalism that they try to, you know, to to ha- make you read up an article, right? It's much more damaging, okay. I think, than almost anything. So, so sitting at this table, yeah, sitting at this table, I'm pretty certain. Carl's never told me what his politics really are, but I'm pretty sure if Carl and I God were the only queen. two that he and I were the only two that would vote, that nothing would get done because we'd cancel each other out. Nobody would win the election. Yeah. But there's never been a day where Carl and I have discussed politics, nor are we interested in discussing politics. And when I make fucking jokes at his side's expense, he laughs along with mm-hmm. it. And if he says something, that's funny. I laugh along with it. Politics are politics. Politics are personal. Like, yeah, my friendship with anybody has nothing to do with my politics. And I hope that we see more of a return of that rather than the fucking division that's going on. It's, it's gotten, it's gotten laborious. I kind of, I kind of thought what almost four years ago now that with, the presidential election being damn near 50-50, uh-huh. I was like, oh, God, talk about squabbling. Right. Literally half, like mm-hmm. half and half. Uh-huh. It was like, you know what I mean? The, a cunt hair, so a cunt hair past yeah. fucking 50% yeah. is what does it. Right? And I'm like, oh, God. Like, I thought comedians and Saturday Night Live was just going to be like, it was going to be awesome because everybody, you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. half the people, you can pander to half yeah. the people and still be really, really, and you'll, yeah, you're going to kill. Miss this half off one yeah, week, yeah. the next that, half the other. Yeah, and it's like, I, but I feel like it's more than that. Later, the later and later we go and the closer to like election season, it's like, oh, well, you're just garbage if you don't think the way I do. Right. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? I'm like, well, nah, that's your neighbor. You live right next door to that guy. How that's many, weird. Literal hours of conversation have you and I had at the shop about di- like discussing ideas behind policies, right? Where we don't see eye to eye and we're cracking up, we're laughing at each other's like guys' ideas, laughing at our own people's ideas, having a good time. And I don't go home on my drive home being like, Carl's such an asshole, right? He doesn't agree with me. No, we go home, we come back the next day, what's up, man? Yeah. You have a coffee, uh-huh. we work on like it's people have forgotten how that you can. Disagree with someone and you don't have to hate them. But I think we're also talk about the power. You must be more evolved. So you've got you've got you and Flyfish Journal guy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's how good I am at names. <laughs> Forgot his name already. Um, Steve. Steve. Um, both on the same ticket at this point. Both anti Pebble Mine. Right. Two totally different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If once you get once you break people up like that, we're Half is powerful. 
Because it's yeah. ha- half a fly fisherman and the other half a fly oh, fisherman. Half of okay. whatever you may mm-hmm. be, you know what I mean? Bicycle riders and the other half. Right. Well, together, they're better. They're going to get their bike lane. Half of them, if you politicize it, they won't. Right. Yeah. You know. So with the pebble mine, I can't think of the exact number. We're just going to say it's 250 miles from the mouth of the bay uh-huh. is where the projected mine site's going to be. Right. They've done research from the bay all the way up to the mine site. Locally, we have an organization trying to save Everglades, Florida Bay, blah, blah, blah. They're leading people to believe the Everglades starts right there on the south shore of, of Okeechobee. O- yeah. Mm-mm. And it goes to Florida Bay. Well, it doesn't. I'm not saying, you know, it's that agricultural is a major impact. But from Florida Bay to the headwaters of... The Kissimmee River, right? Shingle Creek. Shingle yeah. Creek. Well, that's where that... Shingle, cre- Shingle Creek. Shingle Creek and Reedy Creek. Yeah. yeah. So if you so, pour a Coca-Cola... Mm-hmm. In the storm drain at Main Street in Magic Kingdom, yeah, that Coke syrup makes it to the Everglades, right. yeah. at right. some point. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not saying what you know, agricultural discharge and all that mm-hmm. is have, but you have a mega city, two, millions of tourists, two of them at the headwaters. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, like I said, you got to read further into, because it's not just agricultural. No, it's all the lawns, it's all the lawns up here, it's all the... Uh, well, there's a lot the of that... crap that, falling off of the back of the truck. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a lot of that that I put down to just not understanding, or like, you know, taking the time to look at a map. There are a lot right. of sugarcane fields south of Lake Okeechobee. Oh yeah, but so, yeah, yeah, what I was getting at, there's a lot north of it too. Yeah, yeah. It's but like almost a similar distance. But here's with the two, and and here's part of this is a philosophical difference that I have. So the sugar guys have been vilified. Oh yeah, okay. bad. Yeah, yeah. So in like groups like Bull Sugar, which I was really surprised Flip Pallet on one it, on on the Millhouse thing lauded them as being a great organization. I personally think they're a shitty organization because they're bomb throwers. That's all they are yeah. is bomb throwers. And they're bomb throwers because we know that if you try to have a reasoned conversation with somebody you're probably not going to change their mind, mm-hmm. but if they happen to be anywhere close to your position and you give them something to get mad about, they're willing to get mad. Right. Mm-hmm. And my problem with vilifying the sugar guys is Lake Okeechobee was impounded with the Herbert Hoover dike system for very good reason. For life safety right. of all of South Florida, right. it was it was a direct response to that massive flood where twenty five hundred people drowned, and there was probably only however many people right down right. there at the time that they so, found. Yeah. So so as a result of them damming that up with the dike, 
all of a sudden there's all of this super fertile land mm-hmm. that nobody knew anything to do with. Mm-hmm. But somebody, the sugar plantation people, were like, man, I'll bet you with the latitude that we're at and the sunshine that we get and a ready supply of water, we could we could do sugar cane here. Mm-hmm. Yep. So okay. they started doing it. And it was no different than if your grandpa decided to fucking start a, a lumber mill somewhere. Right. He had the infrastructure that made it possible. He did it. There was a forest nearby. So these guys are following the rules. They're doing everything that they're told that they can and can't do. And then all of a sudden we realize, fuck, we created a fucking monster. Mm-hmm. This dike with 1930s technology isn't fucking stable anymore. And we're worried that if we take the lake up past this point, that we're going to have a catastrophic failure of the dike. And we, not a hurricane, we mm-hmm. are going to flood the fucking north end of Miami. Mm-hmm. Miami. And it's and, and, and so, there's a whole hell of a lot there more than oh, more yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole, I mean. The, so billions yeah. of dollars of property lost, yeah. lives lost. So they're like, what do we do? Well, we, we can't stop the water coming from fucking Orlando. Yeah. And, and right. think of all the water that funnels into and feeds into Lake Okeechobee. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, in the past, it was able to go all the way to the Glades. Right. That got stopped by the Tamiami Trail. So they're like, we're going to do something with this water because we can't just pump it across the dike and keep sending it south because it's going to get to Tamiami. And we only have... 2,500 culverts and the mm-hmm. flow and the calculations, we're going to flood north of Tamiami. Mm-hmm. So they said, well, fuck, we got locks on both sides of the fucking lake. We're going to have to discharge water, and it's going to go in the ocean. And have Ben, have you ever peed in the pool? <laughs> yeah. Me too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know what? They probably thought it's like peeing in the pool. We can send some fresh water, and it's going to run out into the ocean. It's going to run out into the Gulf, mm-hmm. and we're probably going to be okay. Well, little did anybody realize how much pollution had built up over the years. And once they realized it, they have realized it. They realized it at least back to 2000 and started saying, we're going to have to do something different. Mm -hmm. This is not working. We've got to get it opened up. So part of that solution has been the elevation of Tamiami Trail. Mm-hmm. From culverts to bridges, so they can get sheet flow. They can get more water mm-hmm. south. Yeah, they're working like a, their way west. It's almost like a bridge now, It'll, or it, it will be a bridge. Yeah, it's going to be a bridge yep. the entire yep. way. But how quickly does that shit happen? Shit, it doesn't. So there's solutions that are being mm-hmm. put into place. But instead of saying, you know what, they're aware of the situation. They're let's let's try to maybe help push and get some acceleration of it. Why don't we all get behind holding government's feet to the fire and forget about making our fucking neighbor who's employed fucking four or five generations of families Mm -hmm. working those plantations, providing a a source of income and contributing to the economy and paying taxes? No, fuck that. They're villains. They're fucking pieces of shit. And we're going to throw bombs and we're going to create an organization called Bull sugar, which means bullshit. Sugar is bullshit. Mm-hmm. I don't know about y'all, but I like fucking, you know, being able to put sugar in my coffee. I like fucking ice cream. <laughs> yep. You know. Well, nowadays we pay more for it instead of corn syrup. 
Right. You know, like it's yeah. like premium. So, yeah. you know, if you have that, that Mexican Coke, it's got real sugar in it. Right. That's, that's the one you want, you know. That's at a premium. Right. So it's like uh, it's different than it was. I mean, there's there's new ways to to uh, harvest and move and whatever, but it built a lot of towns and yeah, a lot of all, places. It, and it a lot of yeah. Back during colonization, most of the world's sugar was in the Caribbean, mm-hmm. and everybody wanted to get out of the reign of the king. Right. Mm-hmm. They come over. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess my point is, you know, instead of vilifying the people that that simply if you know that saw an opportunity and seized yeah. on it, and they didn't know that the dike was no. infirm. Right. Yeah. Um. So ultimately. They're just doing what they've been told all along is the way that they're supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, instead, you have to be realistic and say, well, we're getting ready to ask what, you know, oh, these are owned by four families, these mm-hmm. fucking, you know, pieces of shit that are making all the money. But that's the American dream. You try yep. to find something so mm-hmm. you can become so you wealthy. Can- <laughs> And make yeah. ninety four thousand dollars a year, so you can mm-hmm. capitalize on it. You know, so <laughs> why hasn't the tactic been more level headed and say, "All right, we're going to have to we're going to have to come up with a plan mm-hmm. where we're going to have to get some actuaries involved and mm-hmm. say, well, what was your future earnings?'" And you know, it's our mistake. The government built the dike, mm-hmm. and we're going to have to ask you guys to stop and cease and desist on a certain percentage of this property because. We need to get the water headed south again. Mm-hmm. And not only did we make the mistake of the dike, we made the mistake down the Tamiami Trail, and we're fixing that to the tune of several billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Bergeron's getting rich doing it, but we got him working. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And and you know we're going to eventually be able to do the same thing here. We're going to dig a big old you know reservoir. We're going to let you know plant material take the nutrients out because you know Disney looks good, but man, it takes a lot of fertilizer to make it look good and. You know, Kissimmee has a lot of fertilizer coming out of it, and so does Haines City, right. and so does, you know, Winter Garden, and, right. you know, Winter... I mean, it's that just... That whole central it, corridor. Yeah, that whole mm-hmm. corridor. But we're going we're gonna to have to do something different, mm-hmm. and, and we're not going to call you a bad guy. We're gonna, just going to say, times are changing. You're in the path of progress. Right. And we understand we're going to have to buy you out. And we're going to have reasonable fucking conversations about it, and ultimately, we know we're going to stroke a big fucking check. Mm-hmm. Now, don't take advantage of us. We're just trying to fucking right the wrongs that we... Yeah, it's like the fucking dikes here in Mesquite Lagoon. They they served a really good purpose right after World War II to make the Germans comfortable mm-hmm. enough to, to fucking get us to the moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> yeah, that's the whole reason it behind it. I know. It's, it's, uh, they went on strike because of the mosquitoes. Yeah. They're like, fuck yeah. you. We are not yeah. going outside. This is an Operation Paperclip. <laughs> or whatever yeah. yeah. Whole war with yeah. mosquitoes <laughs> in Europe. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we've got infrastructure on the east side of the lagoon that they will readily tell you, we don't really maintain those for mosquito control any longer. Mm-hmm. We found better ways to do it. And... They should come down, but because they're there and they've been co-opted by Ducks Unlimited and the Audubon Society because people like to look through fucking binoculars at birds and they like to shoot ducks, they're like, no, we can't take them down. We're managing those now for water shorebirds and we're managing those over there for waterfowl so that guys can come shoot them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but don't you have the the St. John's River over there with just as many ducks? Yeah, but... Mm-hmm. We got to stick with this. So, with and it's to the detriment of the whole fucking lagoon. With mosquitoes, 
Did you know they're introducing a GMO I saw mosquito? This. Oh, they it just, like yeah. Like Yahoo. 750 like million of them million. down in the Keys. They're, really? Um, they're yeah. fer- infertile. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they've been, like they've been irradiated or yeah. whatever, so they're sterile. Yeah. So they go right. out and they yeah. fuck like mosquitoes. Right. But they don't. But nothing happens. Nothing happens. Well, fuck like sky rabbits. <laughs> the, the, way that, the way that the mosquito control is being done here in Volusia County, anyway, I, I can't speak to Brevard. Um, when you see the helicopter out flying, mm-hmm. the skeeter bird. Mm hmm. He goes down and disappears and lands. You're like, where the fuck is he landing? He goes down, and there's different areas where it's safe for him to land. Mm-hmm. And he actually has a, a like a long stick with like a baby food jar for mm-hmm. intensive purposes. It's about that size, and he dips water. And it's near, you know when that area is flooded, and he brings it up and he looks at it and he counts. How many wigglers oh, he sees? How yep. many larvae are, are swimming around in this sample? And if it's of a certain number, then he knows because I want to say, and I, I'm a little little fuzzy on the facts anymore, but let's call it a 14-day period. Mm-hmm. So if we have a huge rainstorm and the marsh gets inundated with water, the mosquitoes will start breeding. And they don't lay their eggs in the water. They, they oviposit or lay their eggs on damp soil, mm-hmm. but then... As they fucking hatch, they get in the water, and they're wiggling around. <laughs> so it's about a 14-day period. So when he sees that this area now has a whole bunch of mosquitoes, he knows he's got 14 days to take care of this, or there's going to be a large hatch hatch of mosquitoes. They have, and I'm sure this qualifies as a GMO, they have a hormone that they come in, and they spray the hormone, and the hormone is specific to the salt marsh mosquito. They absorb it, and what it does is it tricks the mosquito larvae into stopping growth of its exoskeleton, but that's it, and that's all. So the (laughs) innards of it continue to grow, and it basically crushes itself from the inside because it can't get any bigger, yeah. so it just fucking dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. and that's that's their primary means yeah. and method of doing it. Well, I know. So it. in the past, the whole reason for the dikes and stuff was they create these impoundments that they can control the level of the water because they don't want as much of the marsh mm-hmm. to be able to get flooded. Because if you can prevent that from flooding, you don't have as much damp, wet soil where they will lay eggs. Mm-hmm. So you're reducing the acreage size where they can breed. Mm-hmm. But now they don't care about that because all they do is they go out and monitor it. Oh, it's too high. Spray the shit in there. They kill a bunch of them. And, you know, they still even, because there's only so much you can do. When we have a big hatch, especially down here, you know, you'll hear the Skeeter truck go through. Mm-hmm. I don't know oh, what I they're still, spraying yeah. that now, but... That's still big in my area. Yeah. But I don't see quite as many kids riding behind Riding it, bikes. Riding in, bikes behind well, it. Well, you don't no. see quite as many kids out riding their bikes anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we used to hear that thing and just gravitate toward mm-hmm. Maybe that's Wee. what's wrong. It's not the Army's fault. Right. Mm-hmm. Huh. It's, that machine's called the London Fogger. Yeah. <laughs> the London that's Fogger. Like, yeah, it really? Yeah, on the side of it. They have that's what they do that in South Florida too a lot. Yeah, like by restaurants and shit. Yeah, I mean, it's like now growing up in East Tennessee, um, there was a 
agricultural product called malathion. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. <laughs> and that's what a lot of bug control was done with. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure malathion is no longer an <laughs> EPA approved right. fucking yeah. methodology. <laughs> but uh, my neighbor would, uh, you know, go through the field uh, spraying malathion, um, you know, from a spray rig behind the tractor. Yeah. And that was, you know, because, you know, GMO. Um, always, it always tickles me that people get all fucking bent out of shape about GMO, GMO, mm-hmm. or non-GMO. Um, and I can, I'll speak just to corn. So if you're growing corn for the purposes of harvesting it to grind up for feed, you know, to get you through the winter, you want the highest yielding corn that you can, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so over the years, uh, like the DeKalb Seed Company, Pioneer Seed, several big seed get, like companies, yeah. they have huge farms where they plant acres and acres of a particular strain of corn. And they grow it and they look at it and they say, man, the fucking ears on this corn are fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Huge fucking growth. The stalks grow fast. It, you know, it's, it's disease uh, resistant, but God almighty, the fucking bugs love it. Yeah. But then a mile two down the road, they've got another field where they've been growing something and it might not have the greatest yield, mm-hmm. but it fucking bugs won't touch it. Right. So what they would do is they would take the pollen, the tassels mm-hmm. from the top of the corn stalk and they'd put a bag around it, shake it, get the pollen in there, and then they would go back to the other field, and they would put that pollen on that fucking corn and pollinate it, and all of a sudden they would start getting like corn. hybrids. And, it's a know, hybrid. Yeah, yeah. That's GMO. It's yeah. just taking and saying, I like the characteristics of this, and I like the characteristics of that, and I'm going to combine the two by fertilizing with the qualities of this one and that one, and it gets better. And that, boys and girls, is how you get a golden doodle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So make sure it's to, a yeah. fucking GMO it's, dog. Yeah. Right. Make sure to yeah give that dog non-GMO <laughs> food to your a to labradoodle. Your, really yeah. any really any dog. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. <laughs> like we got dogs all different colors, sizes, no, everything like, like that. Like GMO does, not from nature. GMO does not mean that you yeah. know. Somebody in a laboratory grew your food. Right. Mm-hmm. It means some scientists looked at what produced right. really well and was bug resistant or, you know. I tell a story all the time. I, I There was a guy that I knew in, in South Florida. And the next thing you know, Howler's selling fucking feed store. Hats. That's right. <laughs> Boom. Our, yeah. uh, he was from the Midwest farmer, and he said, yeah, I mean, if GMOs, yeah, they're terrible. So you, you go ahead and decide. What two thirds of the world's population is going to die? Right. Yeah. Because yeah. that's where we're. I mean, that's where mm-hmm. we're at. That's what it. That's what we have to do to be able to make enough for. The, uh, speaking of, yeah. you know, okay, like staples. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Staples, not the the office store, but staples as in like wheat, corn, yeah. mm-hmm. rice. Okay. The staples that that sustain fucking populations. I read recently. I didn't realize this. In addition to the sugar cane production down around, uh, I guess, I don't know whether it's recent or it's always been going on. And they, 
It just didn't, you know, Rice Holes was not a good fucking organization name or right. Bull Rice didn't sound right. But ton apparently there's a, down there. a ton of rice production down there because they got the ability to flood yeah. the rice so, patties yeah. and all that. So, yeah. so, like, what made the sugar guys the assholes, but the rice guys are okay? Right. And what's the... Oh, sod. Oh, yeah. That, they, oh, yeah. They, that's what they cycle with. Uh-huh. So there's huge sod companies. That uh-huh. goes all over the place. Yeah. Well, so... Bend down towards you, uh-huh. um, Stick Marsh. Yep. And then there's a new impoundment uh, in Fellsmere. Yeah, so I just heard about this, and I don't think it's the... So they built, like, another Stick Marsh that's, like, paddlecraft only. I don't think it's no, that no. impoundment. Okay, it is. It's, is it? And okay. it's ginormous. Yeah, and I've been they, to it twice. So, okay, they opened it up. They actually built a real boat ramp now, so you can actually take powered boats in oh, there. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And that used to be a huge sod farm. Okay. Really? And, and they yeah. went to the sod people and said, hey, we really need to buy this because we're trying to treat this water because that's the headwaters of... Banana. No, no, no. no. Be down there. St. John's. St. John's. So oh, they're trying to course. clean the yeah, water yeah. there yeah. before it gets sent north. Yeah. You know? So it's kind of... That must be the lack of term, but... Continental Divide in Florida. Sure. Yeah. The water heads north from around south of Melbourne. Yeah. Or the Peninsular Divide. Yeah, the yeah. Peninsular Divide. That and that the ecosystem they have built around that is pretty cool. And I think it's interesting that you say they've got it for boats that you can get in there now because when I was there, there's so much vegetation and growth. I don't know how you'd run a motor in it. I think that the level has been allowed to come up higher now because okay. they can control they they, sure. they have a yeah. an ability to let water out of that reservoir so i think it's gone higher and in the article that i read because they opened that uh ramp the 20th of last month or this okay. month so it's like really brand new like to have access via a motorboat uh <laughs> but uh <laughs> they uh they were very cautioning in the fact that when they built this reservoir, because it's a hundred percent like design built reservoir, mm-hmm. they're like, follow the channels. Don't get out of the channels. You can run into brush and debris. Oh, yeah. So there's like some very defined. There's, and I saw pictures of like ginormous excavators. And like when they built this FWC looked at it and was like, okay. And it's like 10,000 acres. or It's, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. And there's like channels and like ledges mm-hmm. and like the, like they really thought it out, and they stocked it. Yep, three million bass fingerlings mm-hmm. several years ago. But like the the, the fucking They've gotten big. Yeah, exactly. Did, we should go sometime. Uh, I'd love to because, well, and this is where it it almost pisses me off, Larry. <laughs> I have drugged my damn ginu. So so that used to be it used to be a gate. And you used to have to, it was like 500 feet you used to have to carry a boat. Well, the first time I went, my buddy, I asked, my buddy's like, dude, you got to check this out. I said, can I take my Ginu, like with my deck and everything? Like if I take the motor off, can I get my Ginu in there? He's like, easy. He's like, you just, he's <laughs> easy. Like, no, he's like, you just got to take it through the fence and it's right there. I, I meet a buddy who drives up from South Florida. We're going to go fish this thing. So, you know, Guinea weighs like 125 pounds. I've probably got 80 pounds of front and rear decks I've added to this thing. And we go down there and, like, 
get there, I look over the gate, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. It's like a gravel road that drops, and it's like 500 feet. And so I, I tell my buddy, I was like, this is not going to be as easy as we wanted it to be. But right. we get it there, we're going, it's good. Well, we get, we paddle, the winds pick up. We, you know, we catch a couple fish. We're throwing flies, everyone else is throwing, like, bass. But like, we caught 20 bass today. I'm like, cool, we caught, like, four. Right. We caught five. But we had fun. And we go to come up, and he, like, he wound up getting E. coli from a salad he ate, but he starts, like, turning red, like, on the way paddling back. I'm like, dude, what's going on? He's like, dude, I am in so much pain. <laughs> well, it equates to he can't help carry the boat back up the hill. Yeah. So I, oh, <laughs> I tie my rope to it and drag this thing. It took, like, 10 or 15 minutes for me to, like, stop, get up there, drag it, and wait in a brick. So then he, a couple months later, I'm like, this is terrible. I hate this place. Well, a couple months later, he's like, dude, we got to go fishing. And I was like, okay, dude, I've been thinking about it. And if we take my Ginu trailer off. We can roll it. We can. Well, the <laughs> gate's only that, the opening's that wide. I was like, we have to pitch my trailer up on its side to where the wheel still rolls and we can slide it through, take the Ginu off, then put the Ginu back on the trailer and roll it down the hill. It worked. And now it's a and now beautiful some, ramp you just drive up to. Some kid who didn't earn it gets to launch his boat. <laughs> yeah. well, so so the, the new ramp you can launch, and then they still have the Paddlecraft launch area. Mm-hmm. And you must have maybe been there before oh. they opened the official, like, um, Ginu Gate. Kinu Gate because now I think it's a whole lot easier to get in stuff in and out. But well, and they had they had like I those, say that like, without farm ever gates, been there, and it had like a lock on it. Yeah. I'm like, I should cut this. Um, but I'm respectful. I, I had an interesting idea, uh, and I'm not going to pursue it. But <laughs> but I think someone should. I'm going to do shit about it. But I had this well, idea. But it's because <laughs> it's the grand scheme of like how many dollars am I going to throw to like another interesting right. idea. Um, so you've got ice cream trucks. Uh-huh. Who's driving a beer truck through a neighborhood in the summer with an alcohol license? Uh, that's the problem. I don't think right. you'd get an alcohol license to Mobile do that. Mobile vehicle. Yeah. Because even for food truck rallies, they have get... like the beer distributor people yeah. come yeah. with right. truck. Mm-hmm. John Morgan needs to get on that to make it legal. Yeah, it'd be hard because he's not a... Lawyer. Yeah, but he'll, he's got the money <laughs> to pay somebody to lawyer for him. He does love to drink, though. Because I, I, <laughs> I thought about it. I said, I said there's got to be a rule that this isn't a thing. because like, well, I'm sure it's a rule. That's why it's yeah, not a thing. Like, who doesn't want to, like, I don't know what, that's the, but where I got thinking is, so I mean, everyone knows the ice cream truck well, sound. Well, well, even even more simplistic than that, how many yahoos, um, do you think are on the lagoon on any given weekend? A lot. Beer boats. Hundred. Hundred and fifty boats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, up in New Smyrna, if you go to Disappearing Island, mm-hmm. um, there is a hot dog ice cream boat. boat. Yeah. And there's like, a really big weird one. I've always a, wondered why the, nobody ever thought to do that like down here yeah. and like you know, just be in the channel, like off of Beacon Forty Two. That way, you get all the the bait yeah. dunkers down yeah. at uh, Hallover. They're like, "Hey, man, it's hotter than fuck. Let's yeah. let's run the channel and run the air conditioner up to the ice cream boat." Yeah, you know, like maybe it's because it's in the refuge. There's be another level True. of uh, oh, you know yeah, yeah. permitting or whatever. Oh, yeah. 
Um, there used to be. There's one up in the Panhandle. Do a you, big one. Do yeah. you remember Crab Island? Crab Island in Destin. Do you remember Skeeter's Bait Shop I in don't. Titusville? I heard the name. Didn't been there. A guy named Rich owned that bait shop, and he invested a shit ton of money and built this killer floating bait shop pontoon boat that he was going to sell bait like in the in the river in yeah. Titusville and some shit ass bait shop owner that was his competitor played it right didn't say a word about it acted like everything was cool until he launched it and then he fucking started hammering like the, the authorities with all the questions of how this is legal and how this is that and how this is the other. <laughs> and for whatever reason, he didn't get to do it, but he had already blown a fucking shit ton of money. But yeah. uh, that would have been actually, you know, like we do have a bait boat here in Oak Hill. I was going to say, I've seen. Yeah, there's a lot. I've of seen them in a lot of different places. Yeah, yeah. but like down in Titusville, no bueno. No. Well, so... I'm going down fucking rabbit holes on uh, YouTube. YouTube. I ran across a video because I started watching. Have you guys ever seen any of these idiots that do the uh, First Amendment audits? No. No, it's fucking, it's, (laughs) oh, if you want to watch some weird shit. So there's like these guys and there's tons of them. And they're like, um, you know, like police accountability kind of guys. Mm -hmm. But more specifically, they really like to go places and push the limits of what their perception of being able to do that's constitutionally protected. Namely, um, they will go and like stand outside of like a fucking power plant that that has legitimate security mm-hmm. concern and protocol mm-hmm. or whatever. But because, dude is standing on the public right-of-way with a camera videotaping or taking pictures, which is completely legal and within his rights to do, they always get the response where security from the power plant or whatever, the airport or whoever, comes out and they're like, can we help you with something? Mm -hmm. He's like, no, man, fuck off. I'm not talking (laughs) to you. And, and, And they call them First Amendment audits. And ultimately, the people get mad and they go call the cops and the cops come out. And half the time, the cops have either A, dealt with them before, or B, know enough to be like, hey, man, appreciate the phone call. He's out on the public yeah, road. Yeah, this yeah. Did, like your property starts over there. He can stand yeah. out here all fucking day if he wants to. Uh, but then there's the reason that there's these YouTube channels is because the other 50% of the cops are like, I need your ID. And he's like, no. <laughs> They're like, if you don't give me your ID, I'm arresting you. He's like, that's cool and all, but California code such and such says that I only have to produce identification if you believe I'm committing a criminal act. What criminal act am I committing standing here taking photographs? Uh, you know, and they're, yeah, like, yeah. they're like, take your hand out of your pocket. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why, uh, for officer safety, I need you to take your hand out of the pocket. Hey, honey, if you're scared, get back in your patrol car and drive away. I didn't call to you to come here. You know, yeah. like it's it's yeah. like these fucking yeah. weird conversations, and and sometimes it gets super heated. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes. So, Titusville, 
I'm down this rabbit hole watching all these fucking <laughs> weird guys like doing all this shit. Well, I didn't know this, but apparently open carry in Florida is legal. Provided you are Oh, hunting and fishing. Hunting, hunting yeah. or fishing. Yeah. Camping and I think even hiking. Okay. Yeah. So dude who's not from Titusville, I don't even think he's from Orlando. I think he's from like Clearwater. Um dude loads up wife or girlfriend, I think girlfriend. Motherfucker no way the motherfucker's married. So like <laughs> girlfriend and like his cousin, and they are over at the the Max Brewer Causeway, mm-hmm. and he's on the east side. No, I'm sorry, the west side, under the causeway, fishing with a fucking AR-15 across his chest, like yeah. on a fucking, you know, uh, on a sling, on and, a sling. And what's in the same parking lot, <laughs> or across the? Yeah, okay. NASA's across. But so somebody saw him and was like, "Oh my God, assault rifle." You know, automatic weapon, and they call Titusville PD. Titusville PD shows up, like, fully kitted out, like, tactical response. And the dude, like, turns around and is like, can I help y'all? And they're like, keep your hands where we can see. And, like, they made him, like, put his hands up and, like, don't put your hands down. And, like, there's this, like, kind of a standoff, and he's like, what are you guys like? What's the issue here? And they're like, uh, you're marching around with a fucking gun on, you know? And he's like, when I'm well within my fucking legal rights to do so. They're like, no, you're not. And he's like, yeah. I absolutely am. And so there's like this fucking old West standoff where they're just having a conversation. And he's like, look, y'all I'm fishing as long as I'm fishing, which I'm clearly doing. I'm legal to do this. I'm doing this to, to educate the public. And you guys are way wrong. You guys are not doing, you guys are unlawfully detaining me right now. And like, they're having like a conversation. The cops don't like it either. They're like very, very pissed off that they're being told this. So they're thinking, fuck you. We're getting FWC. Mm -hmm. So they call FWC and FWC has an office right on the other side of the the fucking bridge. (laughs) So dude fucking comes over, a lieutenant, I wish I remembered his name. And he walks up. And he's like, and, and the dude is like, still got his hands up. And it's like 20, 30 minutes into this yeah, fucking yeah. thing. And he's even asked a couple of times, he's like, guys, what can I do with my hands? Cause this is getting like monotonous, yeah. you know? And they're like, well, just clasp your hands behind your neck, but don't you reach down, you yeah. know? Like, you know. Yeah. And so the fucking lieutenant walks over and the guy says, can I please put my fucking hands down? He's like, yeah, man, relax. And so he puts his hands down. And he's like, so uh, you're fishing, apparently? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, I, I have a fishing license. FWC guy goes, I, goes, I don't care. It's free fishing weekend. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, but I do have it. He goes, I'm sure you do. And he goes, and you're perfectly within your legal rights to be doing what you're doing. He goes, why did I get called out? He goes, well, these guys came over here and fucking had me at gunpoint, and they're insistent that I'm doing something wrong. And when I pointed out that I'm not, that I'm fishing and I'm legally entitled to do this, they called you. So I don't know. You asked them, why did they call? And so fucking FWC guy is like, um, fellas, this guy appears to be fishing. It's free fishing weekend. I mean, I think he has a license. I didn't check it because there's no need because it's free fishing weekend. Is there anything else you need from me? Cause he's completely legal what he's doing. And they're like, 
Um, no, I guess we're good. And you know what they did? They trespassed him from the park. Uh, and he's like, why are you trespassing me? And they're like, because we can. That's gay. <laughs> See, <laughs> I mean, you know, he... <laughs> and uh, now, I, I'm within, not telling this story no. because I think and agree that he did something that was right. It was dumb what he did. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's super yeah. dumb I, what I he did. I see a lot of these people as agitators. Like, how far can I push the envelope? Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, I, I am legal to carry, mm-hmm. concealed, and I do know the law. Mm-hmm. And I do know that area very well. If you're fishing, I believe in, you know, excessive force. I What's the worst this guy's going to encounter? A seagull? Right. Maybe? Mm-hmm. Or... Could be an angry otter. Yeah. <laughs> so... I'd be pissed if I was not gonna be a, It's not going to be a, like a multitude of saltwater crocodiles. No. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like maybe it's a but little But so much. so here's here's the interesting thing. So I found myself down this rabbit hole <laughs> and I saw this shit. <laughs> and as ridiculous as some of these guys behave, and they are one hundred percent, as Mark says, they're doing it to be an agitator. Yeah. They're doing it to get a response. Mm-hmm. They're doing it to get views and clicks. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, I look at what they're doing and how they go about it, even though they know. I mean, they're fucking trolling for law enforcement contact. Mm -hmm. When they get the law enforcement contact that they're looking for to have the conversation that they want to document so that we're talking about it on a podcast, Mm -hmm. they're, I don't want to use the word respectful, (laughs) but they are somewhat reasonable in how they mm-hmm. interact with the cops. They mm-hmm. definitely are compliant with, right. and not just the guy with the gun on his chest, but like even the guy with the camera, like he, mm-hmm. he's just like, fuck you. I don't mm-hmm. have to. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they, they continue to try to talk him into doing it. And he's like, look, I don't have to, you know? And if I do, I'm doing it under threat of force and coercion, which gets you no further because it's going to get thrown out of court mm-hmm. because you're coercing me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not doing anything illegal. And you look at that and you say, the guy's getting his message out. It's a goofy message. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a hill I'm willing to die on. No. no. <laughs> but you juxtapose that against the 100 days of fucking rioting that's going on in the Northwest. And I say to myself, I wish some of these other groups looked at the way that they these fucking wackos operate. Right. And, okay, you want to entice the cops into a fucking conversation about, you know, yeah. defund the police or whatever your fucking cause is, do it, but then have a conversation, record it, and put it out so people mm-hmm. can, you, you, maybe you'll sway people, maybe you won't. But instead, they're throwing fucking fireworks and fucking breaking out windows and ruining <laughs> people's livelihoods. At least these fucking wackos are just creating YouTube content. That's it. Right. That's like it. You said they're they're compliant. I mean, loosely uh, compliant. Right. But and I mean, I, some of these idiots end up getting arrested. Oh, you know, it does seem like a kind yeah. of a dangerous game to play. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're walking a yeah. tightrope. Yeah. 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 But you know, as a as a person who has walked the ditches of uh-huh. Titusville, where there is a legitimate threat of being mauled by an alligator. Mm-hmm. 
I have nothing more than a pocket knife. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's fishing a bridge. <laughs> in, in broad daylight. In broad, but, you know, uh, you know, I... He wasn't actually fishing for fucking fish. anything in particular <laughs> no, other than fishing just, for a fucking yep. showcase showdown, which yeah. he got. Yep. But I was very impressed with... I mean, Titusville showed up in mass, man. Mm-hmm. They, they were not fucking around. No. The... um. I wonder too. I have to go back. It'd be interesting to see when the open carry, like for fishing law, was made. Yeah, because I, I bet it corresponds back when they're like down by me, down by Sebastian. There used that used to be a big drug running spot, right? And people and like I guess fishermen and boats would get like gunned down and stuff, and and caught up in it. So I bet it's kind of close. I thought it would be like really old. Well, yeah, but I mean, but that's like. 70s. That's still 50 and years ago. If, from yeah. my point of view, if you are that worried about it, why would you not go about getting a concealed? Well, no, he wasn't. He's because he's not worried about it. And then, no, I'm saying, you know, like oh, Sebastian, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the drug runners and mm-hmm. stuff. That way, I mean, they don't know. Right. Here's, well, here's Mark fishing, and oh, I'm with I'm you. Go harass mm-hmm. this guy. Well, but no, you're not. What if it's a thing? Okay, you see. Put it this way, uh, a good friend of ours of the show in Montana fishing and bear country, Sheriff loans him a forty-four. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To take with him into bear country, he said, "There's other people on the river. They wouldn't come anywhere near me." He says, "Because it's just open on you know, it's, you know, it's it's open. I, you know, I want if an officer comes by, I want him to know I have something on me." And right, but the. Same thing. If you have somebody who's like, maybe I'm going to go mess with this person, you're just like, okay, you know what? He's got a gun on his hip. He's probably not in the mood to get heckled. Maybe I'm going to skip this guy. And in my personal ethos, I've got my carry permit. I have no desire to open carry. Um, I've always been a concealed no, it's, guy. It's yeah. begging for trouble. Yeah. It, it is. Whether it's right or wrong. They didn't have that problem in Alaska. Alaska is open carry regardless. Right. Yeah. I believe yeah, in New Hampshire. You walk into Walmart. Yeah. There's old boy, and it wasn't excessive. We it know, wasn't rifles. It was all handguns and self protection. And oftentimes, you'll hear people that are opposed to guns in general talk about you know, and they'll use the euphemism. You know, we don't want this to turn back into the wild, wild west. The wild, wild west wasn't that fucking wild, that actually. Old. Everybody had a fucking gun, and everybody knew it, and everybody was fucking cordial to each other. Yeah. And, and the name of it was The Peacemaker. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's There's right. a reason. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, YouTube's weird, man. You get I like the rabbit holes, though. You, you get into some it. fucking weird shit it's, on YouTube. Like, a lot of times, because that's what I'll put on my TV when I like, fall asleep. Right. And I'll, like pick one thing i'm like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make another choice just let it auto play on we're through. just gonna see where this goes it, it goes horribly wrong sometimes a lot sometimes, of the, mark hey, it goes you horribly sh- right hey you <laughs> should watch like i've learned about a thing called mango worms they're pretty gross <laughs> have nothing to do with a mango <laughs> i was gonna say not the fruit Probably no not the fruit it's a little worm that lives on animals and they Pop it like a zit, and the larva shoots out. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how it, you know. That's like bot flies. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Disgusting. Oh. <laughs> That's a train wreck. I like to watch it. Go down that. That's and, I, a... and I bet that links off your mango worms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, Dr. Booger Picker. 
He's a good one. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Rabbit holes. Shout out, Doctor Booger. Also, he's gonna see like a spike of like ten people subscribing to his channel. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we uh, look at taking a break? Because yeah. I've got an empty here in front of me for the last little bit, and I want to get a replenishment. Yep. So I need to push this button. And uh, here in a few minutes, after we've talked behind a lot of people's backs, we'll come back for the PG version. And we'll tell you who they were. like that we're back fresh beer um diet mountain dew and gatorade doing a strawberry watermelon (laughs) watermelon sugar pink i'm doing pink gatorade not Mm -hmm. the mad dog electric melon (laughs) similar but different (laughs) you don't know that could have just poured it in there could have so uh just coming out of the break uh be a good time to thank everybody that uh Listens to the podcast that uh, has taken the time to visit taylortrash.com and explore yes. the store. Uh, many of you have bought t-shirts, which we do appreciate. Uh, it helps replenish the beer fund. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a little sticker blast yeah. um, a week or two ago. And uh, during that, it was pretty cool. Uh, several people... Um, Actually, Venmoed a little bit of extra money, uh, earmarked for beer. Nice. And uh, oh, so it was beer marked. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was beer marked. <laughs> and uh, one person either e- even did a little extra money and said it was for uh, Traeger meat. So oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, awesome. We appreciate all the support that you guys give us, whether it's buying the goofy stickers we come up with and or the t-shirts. Um, it helps because you know. We do have to pay hosting for all of the content that we've got up on the server, and we like to drink beer, and we like to eat uh, delicious grilled meat. So we do. you're helping helping us live the dream. Mm-hmm. And i got to say, for those of you who haven't poked around the shop yet, as someone who has bought some shirts, there are some sick color options. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It almost makes me think we should start, what's that, the Patreon? Right. You know, for $5, you get some stickers. 
ten dollars. Oh, an exclusive, $10 exclusive beer, content. Fifteen, <laughs> you know, buys buys a round of meats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that. Maybe we'll have to look into it. Um, I think I think the huge fly fisherman has like some kind of Patreon deal or something. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe I'll reach out to him and find out how that all works. I, yeah, I learned mm-hmm. through it from my my cosplay girls. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> true that, true that. OnlyFans. You get to that higher level. I was gonna say we could have we could have an OnlyFans of like Almost. fully clothed podcasters. <laughs> well, uh, it's it's actually um, kind of turning into that twilight hour outside, mm-hmm. and uh, right before we ducked back inside because the skeeters and the no CMs are starting to come out. I I did think that I saw out on the horizon a uh, mm-hmm. little plume of smoke that might be diesel uh, from a Ooh. tug pushing, yeah, pushing, a, pushing mm-hmm. a barge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! The fucking mail barge has arrived. It's wonderful. Um, Chris Petzl, we uh, mm-hmm. do appreciate it. You sent us uh, another round of fish with a chubby stickers. Wonderful. Um, and your newest one that I just can't believe that we hadn't already done, but uh, tip of the cap to you. Just the tip it. Um, I'm digging, <laughs> digging that. So we got a handful of those. Uh, everybody at the table will help themselves, I'm sure. And uh, any of those that are left over, uh, we're going to have a new sticker available through Instagram. Mm, um, smells good, guys. For purchase through <laughs> Venmo. And the reason we do that, a lot of people from time to time will get messages Hey, is there any other way that I can buy the sticker, like with, uh, you know, PayPal, blah, 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 blah. The the short answer is no. Um, So you understand where we're coming from. Um, In order to make it worthwhile uh, insofar as turning the stickers into beer, uh, vis-a-vis the cash that is created, we do the Venmo thing because Venmo is... Number one, easy to set up. But number two, there's no fees for the buyer. There's no fees for the seller. Mm-hmm. So it actually works. And with all of our stickers, we always include postage. Yeah. Um, so when you do that, we're buying stamps. We're buying envelopes. We're putting stuff, you know, it takes time to put them all together and send them out. So we just felt like giving away three and a half, four percent to, you know, run it through a credit card company didn't make any sense because that's three to four percent out of the beer fund. Right. Exactly. Um, the T-shirts, however, those uh, through the website, that's uh, a credit card purchase. And that's because that's how we set it up to get those manufactured on the fly for us. And uh, we'll be adding some more shirt designs to the store as time goes on. And just look for it on Instagram. We'll kind of let you know when when new stuff comes up. Um, In the meantime, please consider buying us a 12-pack by grabbing a shirt. So, also from the mail barge, this one's kind of a mystery package. Um, The the art of a handwritten note. Uh, I know it's something Carl appreciates. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, This does not have one. Um, <laughs> Dang it. And um, the United States Postal Service retail U.S. postage paid label that was placed on it, um, it came from the origin 
76049, I guess, is the zip code it where this like came from. If you flip it over. Is there something there? Oh, this came from Texas. Okay. Texas. Uh, fatty's on the fly. And uh, Fatty's on the fly. <laughs> I like it. Uh, <laughs> sent us. I dig it. Yeah. Some stickers. Nice. And some flies. So I'm going to pull the stickers out because I'm probably the biggest sticker whore at the table. I'm going to pass the fly box around. You guys can take a little peeksy. My, my little glimpse into there said, mm, those look red fishy. Um, yeah. Fatty's on the fly with some. Oh, there's uh, a little. You put, put them on a little pad in here. Yeah. You know, it reminds oh, me of the pad that. Jameson had in his. And his guinea, yeah, the OG one, not the new one. So, uh, fatties on the fly. I do like the cut of your jib. <laughs> um, one of the stickers that I'm going to lay claim to right out the gate is an awesome nail clipper that has Able inscribed on it. Oh, that's awesome! These are the Able nippers. <laughs> I love it. <sighs> and um, there's a, a cool carp fly sticker and fatties on the fly. I'm going to take one of those to go on my beer fridge up in New Smyrna Beach. I'm going to pass those around the table. You guys can pilfer as you see fit. Um, Thank you so much. We do appreciate it. All right. The Drakes of Drake Boatwork fame and uh, Bree Drake have sent us a package from up there in South Carolina. They don't live in the low country. They don't. They live in the... It's not the up country. They live in Drake country. Well, they live in Drake country, but... Like, what is the... Like, where Woody lives? It's... uh, Sticks. The valley. That's not the valley. Well, let's call it the South Carolina Western Plains. Because I don't really know what it is. (laughs) But but there is a a term for it. Woody... The Midlands. It's the Midlands. Uh, You You have the lowlands. And then you have the high country. Look, here's the deal. Woody, when you hear this, or when I see you Friday, uh, tell us what we call your neck of the woods. Yeah, like, like say, north of uh, Columbia. Like, I know there's a term, there's a term for oh. it. Because, like, they refer to the low country of South Carolina, and then yeah. where they are has a different... Well, anyway, I digress. <laughs> so, the Drakes, um, I believe, most likely to celebrate their... First wedding anniversary. Whoop, whoop. Uh, congratulations. Um, they went back out to Montana. Mm-hmm. And while they were in Montana, it looks as though they visited some fly shops. Nice. And while they were at the fly shops, they thought, those poor bastards down in Florida, mm-hmm. those childish kids that love the shit out of <laughs> stickers would probably like some stickers from the fly shops out here. And that's what they did. Well, they guess bought what, some Drake's fly shop stickers, mm-hmm. and they sent us some stickers. I'm gonna pass these around. I pulled one out already. Drifting and dreaming. It's like, oh, a, like a very. Uh, these are money. Uh, oh, those are really that? nice. What's those that? Are like uh, a Grateful Dead using, looking. Well, I am being politically correct. The Mexican. Uh, oh. Like with the roses, the, the, right? Yeah. That holiday, that before Thanksgiving, Day of the Dead. Before, huh. yeah, yeah, there you go. Thank before Thanksgiving, Halloween. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm digging it. Looks good. Um, so the mail barge uh, fully unloaded, looking good. Yeah, digging it. 
uh, to the Drakes. Thank you very yes. much for the sticker pack. We I was actually thinking, absolutely love it. I was thinking about the timing of that trip of their of their wedding and their uh-huh. anniversary trip and going out there. I talked to them, uh, I think last week or so, and oh man, it was so it was so nice and and cool out there, and the weather was different, and this and that and the other. I'm like, man, that that really like hits the spot. The end of summer when you're just sick of it being hot. You've got a perfect opportunity to be like, we need to go back out west up yeah. to the mountains and just cool off for a little uh-huh. bit. I'm like, man, that timing. I think that week that they went was like insufferably disgusting here. I'm like, damn it. Nailed it. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, talk about getting a nice break. Yeah. Yeah. And then we mentioned it earlier in this episode, like I saw where they're getting like those 60-something yeah. degrees. So as soon as they kind of get their break they come back and here's the fall starting to just kind of mm-hmm. yeah kind of creeping a little bit i'm like oh so speaking of the low country um i did see that hadrill's point and flood tide yeah. have joined forces to replace the bad fish redfish cup now it's the charleston on fly tournament i believe mm-hmm. and that's going to be the 17th of, of september october. October. october october is this something going forward or is this uh, I don't know. for the year? I don't know. Or something? I think it may be I think it may be going forward. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's local probably, business, local business. Yeah. yeah. So um I don't think I'm gonna participate in the tournament, and that's probably a good thing because there's no spots left. Right. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> they went fast. Apparently. Which is which is a good thing. Yeah, that's I a great mean, thing. I, I mean I'm glad that it, it, it filled up. That's yeah. that's wonderful. It tells me what an awesome fly fishing community they have up and, there. And they, that was only boats. Yeah. They've also they've, opened up to kayaks, waders, right. well, whoever. Yeah, they're they originally had thirty mm-hmm. boat spots and that went like fucking yeah. instantaneously. So they added I think twenty more. So I think mm-hmm. it's gonna be like fifty boats in the tournament. Um we were thinking about going up when we still had the belief that it was going to be the Taylor's Ball. Um, but I talked to Paul. They're not doing the Taylor's Ball per se. And, of course, there will be like a captain's meeting mm-hmm. the night before, and then there will be the weigh-in. So it will be kind of like a Taylor's Ball, but not really official. And then during the conversation, he told me, and yeah, we're just not sure with the COVID thing going on, mm-hmm. how to handle it. And, you know, Charleston just passed the ordinance and they're handing out tickets for people not wearing masks. And I was like, I'm out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I, I don't want the hassle. No. Tentatively, I have it on the count calendar. Mm-hmm. You know, just to get up there and, and see everybody we know and yeah. hang out. So, yeah, tentatively. If you wear a paper mask, you can probably jam barbecue right through it. Uh, you know, I've seen nurses... Mm-hmm. On the old social media, they like cut a little slit, mm-hmm. and it looks like it's closed. Looks like a Muppet o- mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and then they open it. I've also seen you get the barbecue where in, you know I mean? nurses are opening their mask, putting candy and snacks in their mask, oh. and putting it back and using it like a feed bale, like a feed and bag like for a feed like bag. Munch. And like it's it's kind of a good idea. I'm with that. Right, hands I mean, free snacking. You know, we, we went up there to see you know Paul Ben. All the good folks, the Drakes, but deep down, I really went for the food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, have to admit it. The seaweed uh, outpost. Yeah, mm. I don't know. I I mean, I'd like to. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not going, yeah. right. but like, but it's way less enticing. 
Yeah, it's yes. way less enticing. It's kind of um, a big weekend and driving and screwing around, getting a hotel and all that. And if it's going to be like, meh, and, and <laughs> mild. There's still like all of the locations of where they're planning on doing the captain's meeting and the other stuff is TBD. Yep. And oh, I was like, uh, yeah. you know, because I think they're going to have a hard time finding places that are like, yeah, come on, bring a crowd, a hundred guys, yeah. a company. Right. Yeah. All right. So. Maybe as it shakes itself out, we'll we'll consider going up. Um, but you know, we're going to be back in school. Um, you know, yeah. I've got that to worry with, and and like I said, I have it penciled in on the calendar. Right. I may not remember that it's there. You haven't written it. <laughs> you haven't written it in Sharpie yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm planning. Oh, a, on. Uh, sorry to interrupt. No, no, no go ahead. Um, Flood Tide is going to be opening a new storefront on King Street. Mm-hmm. I did see that. Yeah. Paul had told me they were going to do a pop-up. They got a year lease. They yep. got a really good space. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd like to swing through that. Yeah. I might. My kind of plan is depending on, like, February way. The last, well, last year I didn't because we went to Atlanta. So if they don't do the Atlanta Fly Show and we don't decide, hey, let's take a crew trip up to that again. Um. I'll probably swing through a day early on vacation and go stop in Charleston and yeah, see right. that. And that's a far distance between the yeah. That's what end game. Yeah. Well, because it's, it's not that close. No. Well, it's it takes ten hours to get to or like eleven by the time you stop and go to the bathroom. I'm and just stuff thinking and Ben's driving ability. I know you don't like to drive hours. No, it's not that I don't. It's just I don't want to do it at night. That's it. That's what I couldn't remember. I, I, I have fallen asleep on 995 <laughs> behind the wheel twice in my life, and mm-hmm. both times it scared the crap out of me. Uh, as I and, would imagine, <laughs> it would and should. Yeah, and I just I know my limits. I know when I get too tired. What like no. I know what it feels like. That's why you know lately, Larry, I've, I've been crashing at the Taylor Park and getting up in the morning, either walk a fame or walk a shame in it. But the uh, that's why because I don't want to die halfway between here and home. Maybe uh, you just need to get like that flip. Like camper wagon thing, so and then just pull over. Leading back to it, part of the reason <laughs> in my my YouTube stuff, I've been really interested in this box truck to RV conversion is because I'm kind of pretty much sold myself on this idea, and I want it because originally I was going to build a teardrop camper. I had the whole plan oh, nice. figured out, and because it was light enough, I could tow it behind the Saturn. Which, by the way, parts are ordered. Um, She's going to live. But the... Um, Ghost Sticker Me still lives. Ghost Sticker oh, yeah. well, cause, So that was the thing. I was like... I had a buddy who's got a Subaru, super cool, like, box Forester with the turbo charge in it, like the old box style. And I was like... We'd kind of been talking about a deal on working that out. And I was like, okay, cause I might do this. It's like running. It's working. But there's a lot of sentimental value attached to well, the back of that Saturn. And I was like... If I do that route... you got to get fly pole back on the mm-hmm. road. Yeah. Well, and my thought was if I do that, I'm taking the rear hatch off and the rear bumper, and it's going somewhere. Whether it hangs as art in the Taylor Park or something, that rear hatch is going somewhere. But don't make a like, really cool, like, uh, bar, like liquor. Yeah. Cap- we yeah. open the hatch of the yeah. car. It's, like, <laughs> up against the wall. And, <laughs> and if we ever get to a point where it's, like, catastrophically totaled and it's not safe... We will go that route, mm-hmm. but looking at all the cost of the parts, it's not going to be too terribly bad. It's not too much work to do and, it. And, yeah, I wouldn't. I've, and, s- I've seen it, and it's a nice car. It's I, not, you know, ICU on a respirator. It's just no. like right. outpatient surgery. Right. Yeah, routine. Yeah. Um. So, you know, the thought with the teardrop was I can tow it behind the Saturn still, 
I can go anywhere. But the, the hang-up is you can't tow your teardrop and then your skiff behind it. Yep. So where can I go if I want to be able to... chop your Saturn into a teardrop hybrid. No. 16-foot box truck. <laughs> you enclose it. You insulate it. You put it. You put on the top shelf that goes over the cab. You stick some legs out. You've got a queen size bed up there. Put out like you know. I'm I'm work with a lot what of. What do you cabinetry. need a queen size bed for? <laughs> what don't you need a queen size? Are you bed for? are you creating the stabbing cabin or a <laughs> fucking okay? You look, road warrior, you. <laughs> full disclosure. <laughs> not lot listeners, but full disclosure. I do plan on hopefully getting married one day, and I don't want to be like, look, sorry. So, if, but if you do sucks. this now, you can have the pull You have to find a chick that's going to marry you while you have a look. If they're not down for adventure, I don't want them. Like, no offense. If you're going to be gonna boring, paint, and you're are not you going to paint free candy on the side of it? Are you going to spray paint I will over paint the free U-Haul whatever logo? I got to do, Larry? Like, oh, U-Haul logos. <laughs> look, going. girl. Yeah. You know most mobile homes have an axle underneath, right? So, anyway, never comes off same. the wheels. The thought right. being, most of them have a receiver hitch on them already. If not, it's not that hard to go that route. Yeah. It's tall enough I can stand up in it without... Because that's what ruled the ambulance out. Because they're already wired. They've got all this stuff. Cool. Oh, yeah. But you can't... Yeah. Like a nice ambulance. I'm too tall to stand in it. So you can stand in it. You can tow your boat. The gas mileage isn't abysmal. It's not great, but it's not like pulling it like a Class A RV or something. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and you could, you know, feasibly go on adventures and tow your skiff anywhere in the U.S. and have somewhere to stay. Just a little box AC. I just put... Uh, RV AC works that's what just I mean. fine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Cut a hole in the roof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drop it in. Yep. Insulate it. I like it. Hook it up to solar and propane, and you're done. So you're thinking of a retired U-Haul. Correct. You got something against rider trucks? Mm-hmm. No. Pesky. But, um, I was going in the spirit. We're going to call that the, McGa- the McVeigh wagon. <laughs> I got to look that up before I agree to that. Timmy. Um, <laughs> Timmy. Timmy. <laughs> But you don't you don't know the McVeigh reference? It's um it's not coming. Oh wow, Timothy Oklahoma McVeigh. City, federal building. That was the Boston bombing. No, no. Oklahoma City. I mean, you City. know, damn it, that's not what I mean. Yes, Oklahoma City <laughs> bombing. I've actually been to that memorial where that happened. Um, now I know what you're talking about. No, <laughs> the McVeigh wagon. That's not where I'm going with that. That's not the goal for this RV. Um. So I would tell you that I think one of the cool things that you could do, and it's probably going to be spendy, but... I have extravagant taste, Larry. Well, I think you're going to like this, is once you have the interior done, you need to... A free ammonium nitrate sticker (laughs) on the side. (laughs) You need to explore the idea of one of your first trips being to the low country and get Paul Puckett to do a fucking mural on the side of it. Well, and Ugh. and I'm fine with that. Damn. Because, believe it or not, I already have Paul at one point. I don't believe it. <laughs> okay. At one point. You gave us the choice. It was the choice. <laughs> you said believe it or not. Oh, fair. Uh, I had talked to Paul about doing some custom artwork on the inside of my boat hatch. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, two birds with one stone. Although I'd rather have it on the side of the van for sure. I didn't know Paul was a tattoo artist. He is on skiffs. If, I mean, if you give anybody enough money, they'll probably do cool art on your stuff. 
So you're going to do like the compass rose right down the middle, center. Offset, yeah. <laughs> yep. Why is, um, it, why is it pointing northwest? <laughs> <laughs> Second start of the right, baby. No, um, yeah, that would actually be really sick, and I'd, I would be into that. You know, have like a pucket panel on one side, go down and get Tim Borsky to do the other side. Oh, yeah. Now we're getting really spendy. I don't... Mm-hmm. But, but who knows, baby? It won't be as spendy because you know? you'll be the first one that's getting that. So they're like, yeah, I'll do this. I'll make you a deal because then, you know, next thing they know, they're doing huge murals right. on the side well, of uh, McVeigh wagons. Not that we don't <laughs> appreciate his artwork. I would go with, since it's, you know, a local build, not a local U-Haul anymore. It's been around the world. Our girl, Lindsay. Have her. The uh, Lindsay is actually starting a commission for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're doing a little bit of a trade. So she had this round... Um, mm. Mm. <laughs> Sounds delicious. Table, round table. Not where I was going. That she wanted to... She wants to... Like she's like, you know, it's, it's a crappy table. I'd like to get rid of it. I want a corner table. So we're gonna do a walnut corner table, but instead of it being like, you know, your typical like corner butts into the corner and mm-hmm. then you've got like the rounded out front, we're gonna do a live edge walnut slab on the front half that butts into it. And she said, Cool, yeah, you know, let me know how much you want for it. I said, Well, here's the deal. <laughs> I said, How about I price it all out and then you make me your version of that cost in art? So, I have picked the piece. We're not going to talk about it on air in case who this piece ultimately goes to listens to it. Okay. Um, but it, it's going to be a gift. Um, so, none of us. Yeah, no. Because we're out. When, <laughs> when we get off air and I, I'll show you, you'll, you'll see why. Um, but it's something I've wanted to do for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It's gonna live in the cool. dream. I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. I, I thought you know, Woods, my art. She, her art is whatever medium she cho- she's got. Does great with watercolors, oils, yeah. pencils, charcoals, whatever. So I thought this would be a, a cool little like trade off. Digging it. All right. Yeah. I consider her our pocket. Yeah. Yeah. She's like as Mother far as pucket. like local like, area. Yeah. I'm not familiar with who you're talking about. Uh, her name is Lindsay Rowland. Okay. Um. Uh, let me show you. I'll do a picture of this deer she just did. And all types uh, of wildlife fish. How do you guys know her just locally? Instagram? She did a lot of art for Florida Fly Cow. I believe this is an oil painting uh, that she just did. Oh, wow. It looks like a photo. Yeah. She's incredibly talented. She did. I wanted the piece, but at the time, I, I didn't have the time to, to get into it. She's done that one. Um, oh, that's pretty. Yeah. She just. Talented, Doesn't and where does she? Where she locally? She's about. She's my neck of the woods. So yeah. she's Melbourne. Yeah, she's okay. like Palm Bay area. Like, who did the mural on Harry Good? Um, I'm not sure. Dang, some some that? dude. Yeah. Um, someone who doesn't fly fish because they <laughs> did that salmon fly in front of this. Look, they had to have him come back and change it because it was really clearly a salmon fly. But you know, if you get someone who doesn't fish and like can paint fish like yeah we do fly stuff and they look up flies right that's what he found and yeah it's pretty cool but he's he's done a good job with it It, it's cool it's neat because you come i go over the 192 causeway a lot for work and you come back over you see it and it's right there Mm -hmm. Hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know his name. Yeah. I'll have to ask Rich. Nothing incredible coming up, except for maybe bum, 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 double hurricanes. Oh, oh yeah. 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 2020, baby. Yeah. It just here. keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah man. Yep. Um, We're getting close to the end, though, so but, y'all stay you know, hang tough. Mm-hmm. It's talking with the natives to that coast. They're not anymore. I don't think they're. No, I'm sure Mississippi's freaking out about it or Alabama, but. Yeah, but. One was going to be Texas bound ish. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I saw a cone of uh, we don't know um, that put both storms, like the cone crosses. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's like, Mm -hmm. which. I mean, you go back to 2004 here, it wasn't all at the same time, but we had Francis, Charlie, and Gene, yeah. Charlie, Francis, yeah, yeah. and Gene, and they they crisscrossed in, like, the eye went, like, over Winter Haven. Yeah. Yeah. Like, direct hit, direct hit, direct hit. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think the. I mean, uh, the wherever last... it's headed to, if you're not concerned, I'd tell you, please be pay the fuck attention because yeah. it, it's right. not fun. Yeah, I think Good. the last model I saw was Marco's coming in first, and then like Laura pulls in right behind it. Like but, they're gonna pull a slingshot move. Oh wow! Perfect storm, baby. training. So I gave up the NASCAR because um, of the yeah. Bubba Smollett nonsense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Juicy Wallace. <laughs> but I I was tempted, tempted, but then it was like hot, like fucking Africa hot, like it's been. So I blew it off. But apparently, and I, I didn't look at it, I haven't seen anything, but they did a race at Daytona what, it's last like weekend. A, or is it still coming up? I think it was this. There's one that just passed, like this yeah. weekend. And then there's one next weekend. That would replace what they used to call the Firecracker 400. Okay. On that well, was the one that they just did. Road course, I think. What, they did the road yeah. course, and I was like, man, I, yeah. I really think I should go it to It was, so the other so did they, road. Did they do it? Yeah. yeah. Watkins o- Glen, which canceled. is in New York, Cuomo yeah. fucked that up. Yeah. They're like, oh, we can't do it because yeah. it's fucking New York. Yeah. So they were like, well, what are we going to do for a road course? And yeah. Daytona said, you know we do the fucking twenty four hour race on a road course. Let's do it here. We're Florida, so. But uh, I don't know if they did. And they they crowds looked, or they, anything. They, no, did. they did. They did. Okay. They did. They did because, because they were, I heard like, it on the radio. They were selling tickets, and I was like, man, yeah. I, might, I, I think I might want to go. I think I might want. I don't go. think it was like fantastically attended because it didn't seem busy anywhere yeah. down there. It usually seems. Pretty do you guys busy. have any interest in in doing uh, New, New Smyrna? Smyrna? Yeah, I'll go New yeah. Smyrna. Yeah, because I, I think that season's probably going to be wrapping up sometime soon. Yeah, And we went the one time back in the probably February. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was around Speed Weeks, right? Yeah. And if, if only to go and hang out in that little fucking bar that they got, it's, <laughs> it was fun. So yeah, I'm down. Let, I'll, I'll check. And I drive past there all the time now, yeah. and uh, I'll see when the next race is coming up. Cool. Let's all try to do like a little, uh, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. little to, field trip. Yeah. I'll have to dust off my Permission, number three shirt. Permission slips. Oh, full Dale. Dale heavy. Oh, full Dale heavy. Dale heavy. <laughs> Senior. <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> Not the light. Right. Yeah. Speaking of Andrew, I have been trying to text him on the group text but he doesn't ever respond i was trying to see no. if he want to meet me to go smallmouth fishing next weekend 
But I think it's actually looked like he spooled back up with what he was doing. Because for a while, he was kind of like... I saw your text, and I meant mm-hmm. to answer it knowing that he sometimes doesn't... Because doesn't, like, yeah. what happens is he has to lock his stuff in right. before he goes into the security area. And when he comes out, we may have talked about you know dog you know, farts for things. like a fucking hour, yeah. mm-hmm. and he doesn't go far enough back to see the question. Right. But I, I think... It's outside of the radius. Well, no, no, no. It's not the radius. I think he's deploying. Right. Like, he may have just, like, we got a text from him today. Yeah. I think that was him packing to get ready to go where he's going. And he's going to be gone for, like, two weeks. Nice. And so it might just not fit in his time frame. Mm -hmm. Because he and I had talked on the phone, like, maybe a week ago. And I was talking, and he was like, hey, when's the next time you're coming up? And I was like, oh, I'm not sure. I'd wanted to try to come up, but then I got busy at work and busy yeah. with a few other things. And school's about to start. I'm just not sure. I'm like, probably, if if it'll be like in September. He's like, well, that's perfect, because I'm getting ready to deploy and do this thing. And uh, I was like, okay, well, cool. That works. I guess he's back on then, because he was kind of Well, yeah, for a while. Grounded for the most part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, that's good. It, I think I may know. So did you guys see, well, I think we've been gone, and it happened while, the earthquake up in North Carolina? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't see uh, yeah. Woody had stuff he said he was dealing with at Spartanburg because of it. Yeah. And huh. that is a very active fault, fault line. line. Uh-huh. I can remember I was in high school, and it was probably my sophomore or junior year, so we're talking 86. 788-ish and I was in geography class and the vocational technical portion of our high school was on a hill up behind the main building and there's an access road that drives up the road doesn't actually drive up but that's the road you that can you drive, drive up co- yeah. yeah and um, it felt like a semi drove past, like, you know, mm-hmm. and we were all like, holy shit. And, like, everybody kind of, like, turned and looked to see, like, you know, because it was like, did a semi hit something out mm-hmm. there? or what? And we were like, what? no, there's nothing out there. Like, and we're like, this is weird. And then, like, maybe an hour or two later, we found out, well, that was an earthquake. And mm-hmm. we're like, yeah. holy. It's, I mean, it, like, fuck. Yeah, like, it's, it's oh, yeah. very weird. I was in uh, Fort Knox uh-huh. at the time. So Radcliffe, Elizabethtown. So that's how the the western part of Tennessee sits on the New Madrid Fault. Yeah. And being a Florida boy, it was the worst winter I ever experienced because there was (laughs) snow. And then there was a tornado, which is horrifying. I can't imagine bigger ones out west. Right. Just hearing it and just total being unprepared. Like, with hurricanes, we have time. Right. Yeah. And then we were out in the field, and I was just laying there on the ground and feeling the earth move. I don't know what magnitude it was, but again, we found out, you know, a couple hours later what it was. Spooky. It's spooky. Uh We used to get them all the time in the Philippines down in the South Islands, and it's super weird. Like like Larry said, I was waiting for you know something to come out of the tree line. Yeah, and so 
I called my neighbor Howard mm-hmm. um, probably the day after I saw it on the news that there had been the earthquake. And just to shoot the shit, and I was like, oh, by the way, did you guys feel the earthquake? He's like, yeah, it shook a little bit over here. Not, you know, I mean, like, I didn't go, oh, my God, it's an earthquake. But, yeah, we we felt it. And I was like, have you gone over and looked at the cavern opening? Because on our property, oh, really? we've got a vertical shaft cavern that's opened up oh. um, probably about 450, 500 yards from the house. Damn. And from the first time we discovered it to the last trip where Wyatt and I went up there, it was probably 10 feet vertical when we first found it. Mm-hmm. And sent, in the meantime, when we came back, it's about 20 feet deep straight down and now it's opened up more and you can tell like it goes vertically down and it's like all like limestone Mm -hmm. like it's just like a rock cylinder going down but you can see it opens up and goes out and all what happened is all the red clay dirt has like washed out yeah and like we were all standing there talking about it and we're like there's got to be like, you know, all that volume of dirt went somewhere. Yeah. And it ain't at the bottom of the hole. It's like the hole disappears off to the right. Mm-hmm. So we were like, you know, of course, teasing yeah. Wyatt. And we're like, we're going to put a rope around your waist and send down. you down. Yeah, fillet down there. <laughs> yeah. I will go get my climbing gear. I'd do it for some beer. I'd do it for nothing. I'd do it after some beer. Mark, Mark, and, I had a, <laughs> Mark and I had a conversation on the boat the other day. And... I guess it's close enough to still call it the other day, where I told him, I said, you know, I've noticed one thing that has been lacking in my life is risk. And it sounds really dumb, but I used to get to do some sketchy, mm-hmm. cool oh, stuff, yeah. and now there's nothing like that like uh-huh. in my life. And you sit there wondering, like, I'm like, what's missing? What am I not able to, like, fulfill? And I realized that there's none of that fight or flight going on anymore. There's right. none of this. Okay, so... You're gone next weekend to go see Woody. Yeah. So maybe when you get back, we'll all go and have a burger in the land. We'll <laughs> sit and watch you jump out of the airplane. Well, well, so this, no, no, no. <laughs> this is where I was going. I've actually looked it up, and it's now on my list to get solo jump certified. Oh. The they do it down where you and I fish down, Sebastian. Mm-hmm. It's twenty five hundred bucks. It's a week of classroom time. Total of it's thirty five. jumps. I was gonna say yeah. Um, and you can get solo certified. To me, that is so bizarre. Like, is it the FAA that certifies you? Like, who certifies it's, it's your ADSC and probably the guy getting the twenty five hundred? Well, I think Ben, <laughs> you still meet the cutoff age for joining a service and they'll pay you to do it and then you'll get, get paid every month you do it so you don't have to pay and i i do understand that i guess i think i have <laughs> two years left and it's only a cut off three-year commitment yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it, i mean you did say something about you know you do plan on getting married i mean it makes it way more marketable when you're mm-hmm. you know you got that Champus free health care yeah. you can offer. Tricare for is, okay, life. Okay, it's Tricare. Well, tricare. I, can, I dated myself calling it Champus. I remember Champus. I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. No, but so I've looked it up and I've, you know, it's not going to be like in the immediate future, but it's in the like one and a half to two year plan. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. It's on the list. I mean, it's on the list. Between Larry and I, we know enough pilots. 
I'm not worried like, about that. It's just like packing a backpack. You just push it in there. And well, mm-hmm. so here's the deal. <laughs> they teach you how to do that. And then I've actually like priced out the equipment. I don't know at the rate I would probably continue to jump if I'd ever get to the threshold where it made financial sense to buy your own versus like rent and then pack your own packs. Other than... How much does a parachute cost? I have no... They start at like two grand. Jesus. And then depending on what you're trying to accomplish with your parachute other than not dying, like it goes up. Okay. You could probably um, get a lot more jumps out of a cheaper. I was going to say, there's, well, a, there's a couple that Emma uses at school to bounce the balls. Yeah, and you probably can. One of those but for you. Right. it's like, so basically the math is if you own all your equipment, it's about 25 bucks a jump to hitch a ride up there. Okay. If you have to rent your equipment, it's like 75 to 80 bucks a jump. So at what threshold? Like, how many times am I going to do this a month? What's the lifespan of a parachute once you buy it? Well, that's, that was going to yeah. be my next question is like, and I don't is, have there, the to that. is there a hard, like, you can only jump this many times right. or is there, you know, like, okay, as long as you inspect it and this and I, is what. I think where it does make sense to switch over is I've, it takes 150 jumps to be able to do it. Cause every jump you do is like, there's a, you get logged. Okay. Um, and at 150 jumps, you are legally allowed to buy a wingsuit. Um, so that's the ultimate goal. Well, that accelerated quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the point. It's about 140 miles an hour acceleration. Um, I've wanted to do it forever. Um, and did, did I tell you, I think it was the last podcast where I was telling you guys that I've been watching the one guy that does like the off airport stuff, but then yep. found yeah. out he does like wingsuit and mm-hmm. base jumping and stuff. Yeah. So do they wing? I mean, it looks, do looks they wingsuit in Florida. I think well the thing I've is, always seen it where they're like running so and I've always seen it off a cliff right but there are people that do it out of planes and I know space Co- or Sebastian mm-hmm. their like claim to fame is you can they're like the highest jump in for it's either twelve or eighteen thousand feet yeah I think it's I think it's the highest jump in the states in the in the states yeah I don't think it in the state of Florida I think it's like people come yeah. here because they go so the I think as long as someone's like yeah man you can jump out wearing whatever you want. Um, you can probably wingsuit from 12,000 feet and be perfectly happy. Yeah, you don't, I mean, hypoxia sucks. You don't want to go too high. Well, but you know what I mean. It's, like, it's you'll horrible. get high. It's not like you're like, I got to find a mountain in Florida that I can. No, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. the deal with the wingsuit is. Where's Ben this weekend? <laughs> he's out in Mountain Dora wingsuiting it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's roadkill. Um, but you, the deal with it is you're supposed to be able how they used to test if it was like high enough is they drop like a decent sized rock and if they could count to six before they heard the rock hit the ground and the echo then it was big enough that you could jump get on glide and come up and pull a chute so what <laughs> what falls faster i was going to say a pound I- of lead or a pound of feathers it's both matter. the same because it's a pound. Okay. Emma got me on that. That now mm-hmm. that I being said, I didn't know how to react. And I was that like, being said, I have thought about this. <laughs> if the feathers guy. were spread out <laughs> like a pound this way, the lead probably does fall faster because there's not resistance. But like pound for pound, nuclear unit of measure, same. I've been bested by an eight-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> but 190 didn't they have a didn't, didn't they used to have a, a, a game show? Are you smarter than a kindergartner? Or a fifth grader. Fifth grader, yeah, yeah. that's right. Same thing. They're all pretty they were smart. Pretty smart. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's not a lot of difference between a kindergartner and a fifth grader. Mm-hmm. They both get to graduate. <laughs> <laughs> Darn tootin'. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of on my... 
the wingsuit, I don't know if it'll realistically happen. That's a lot of jumps. Um, and it's, it's not that cool. I'm against it, but it's, you know, financially, that's a lot going on. But you um, said it's 150 right? Yeah. And 25 bucks a shot. Well, that's if you don't buy three grand worth of parachutes, and then there's got... I mean, there's a whole lot that goes into it. There's right. probably a guy at the flea market down here that sells parachutes. I have no so, doubt there's so, anybody that does. So I'm curious, is there a used parachute market? I'm sure there is, because there's always that one guy that doesn't make it. Yeah, but I don't But who sells the shoot? Well, no, well no, no, okay, so <laughs> so you buy it, yeah, and you're like, <clears throat> the wife says, eh, you got to knock it off, we're going to have a kid. And you've only got 10 jumps on this new rig, and life changes. Is it is it like Hell's Bay certified used? Like, so, I would be shocked if they had it because I I'd, I'd liken it to rock climbing. There's very little. You'd be I think unless you like know a buddy, you're gonna be hard pressed to find like used rope that any company is gonna stand behind. Right. Um, there's just well, I don't think a liability. company would. No, and, but like you know like. So in the community, yeah, I don't know if there's parachutes on Facebook Marketplace. I might check that out just to see if it's there. Um, me personally, I wouldn't. Right. So in the army, they have a dedicated job as a rigger, a packer. Yeah. I've partied with a few of these folks. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, damn, this dude was hammered last night and he's packing this shoot for a jump next week. Nah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's (laughs) kind of where the, where to me, the personal safety, I'm responsible for my mess up. Do I trust somebody else to pack my shoot and me go jump on their eighty dollar well, pack shoot? Just know, Ben, I'll be there when you fall, but I won't be there to catch you. <laughs> well, you might be because if we park your skiff on the Sebastian River, I bet I can land on it or near it. There is a way to land in water I and know. survive. Yeah, it's the survival part that'll get you. Yeah, do it, man. I, I think One I'm life. into it. It's it's kind of where I'm. I'm headed. Sorry, Mom. I know you're going to hear this at some point. You're not going to like it. And I don't like it either. I love it. <laughs> the, uh, so that's my... Between that and my box truck. That's where I'm going. That's pretty crazy. Follow those dreams, though. I mean, yeah. Fuck, you only live <laughs> once, right? Exactly. No, no matter how short of a jump it is. So, Carl, what 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 are you? Uh, um, what, what is your what is your extreme thing. lifestyle choice that you're? Not that much vanning, I don't think. Not trucking it. Maybe just maybe just my same pickup and not skydiving. <laughs> <laughs> Get into that million mile mark. Right. Yeah. I'll be honest. I wish that we. <clears throat> had more places like you could do some climbing. Like I've enjoyed yeah. bouldering. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? And I, I used to go to the indoor climbing Aguila. gym. Aguila. Yeah. yeah, I enjoy actual hiking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not not just walking not around the trail. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not yeah. flatland yeah. <laughs> trekking. Yeah. There and is there a difference between trekking and hiking? I would say trekking is fucking flatland. I would say off the path. Is trekking. Oh, really? I don't know, though. That's what I think of it as. I think trekking's farther. Yeah. Like hiking, you're on a designated path. You know, you're following the rules. Trekking, you know, you're going overland. and That's the way I see it. So, there's guys that, like, really get into, like, the backpacking. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and like the Appalachian Trail go yeah. starts in Georgia, ends in Maine. How long is that? How long is the AT? Three thousand two thousand seven hundred fifty one feet or miles? What? Miles, miles. That's a mile. The, then. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. So so I know guys like guys and gals. We're fifty fifty here. Um, that do that hike. Mm-hmm. It's like a super huge accomplishment to like yeah. complete yeah. the whole trail. And some people do it like straight through. Yep. Through hikers. What? Through hikers. What would be the like time frame to complete that? They say you can do it. Well, yeah, let's what? back up. Four months? Four months. Cause there's a window too. You have to. A lot of times people start. You're kind of a badass if you start north and go down. Because you're doing it by weather, right? You got to do it by weather because it takes a lot longer for the snow to melt and everything down up there versus Mm -hmm. down here. So if you start here in like March, by the time you get here, it's June, July, whatever, and you're not dealing with snow. If you start here in March, you've got snow, ice runoff, all kinds of stuff you could be potentially dealing with till you get below where that fault line is. Um, Fault line is not the word I'm looking for. Tree line. Tree line. Well, I don't even think... Do we even get above, like, a tree line, like, where there's... Um, I don't think we really have a timber line like that. We do. Do we? Um, Well, and I don't know that you would call it the timber line, but, like, through southwestern Virginia, uh, western North Carolina, there are what's called balds. Okay. Um, And the balds are due to the altitude. Okay. Okay. there's some scrubby trees, but it's gotcha. like mm-hmm. these giant meadows up on top of the mountains. Yeah. Okay. And so, effectively, I guess that would be above the tree above line. Above the tree mm-hmm. line. But uh, I don't know effectively whether that's caused by some other phenomenon or whether it's <coughs> altitude directly related. But there yeah. are balds where you'll walk for several miles and it's just this huge meadow on okay. top of the mountain. So then there's like a controversial way to do it. I believe the record is 45 days to do the app trail. And it's got to do with you have to have a support system because you're, you're basically running it. and You, you don't you bring have, your stuff. No, you don't yeah. bring your stuff. You just have, you've got a support crew that's like, here's your tent. We'll set it up, whatever. Oh, like a chase vehicle almost? Yeah, because you're trying to do, it's like 100 miles a day or something. You're trying Damn. to like run. It's so it's like adventure foot? running. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but there's what are those a cool called book. like ultra ultra marathon ultra marathons yeah. and ultra runners. But there's a book I read called Becoming. So every time you when you do the app trail, they they give you a name. You're assigned like a trail name. So this girl, her trail name, and I don't even know. if I think you get to pick it. Um, sometimes it's given to you, but like based on what how you do it, it's either given to you or you pick it. Um, like Ben Pickett. Yeah, Just but that's but not like that. So I read a book <laughs> one time called Becoming Odessa. <laughs> you're, you're funny, Mark. Um, Dad jokes. Called Becoming Odessa. And her, so her trail name was Odessa for Odyssey. Um, and she wound up hiking with this guy called Nightcrawler. Nice. And I cannot remember the other dude's name, but she started down here <laughs> and worked up. Is this because they like use the CB radio a lot? Nope. I'd be sub zero. It's it's mm-hmm. cool because they've got like, but hold on, we can't just gloss over this. <laughs> like, why do they get assigned like a call sign or a nickname or at the end of it? Is there like a, a placard? No, it's like is there is this like for some purposes of like some tracking or 
just it's just like so a think of it groovy, like this. Weird this is a groovy weird mountain hippie thing because you accomplished something. Okay. That's do you get not it at many the end? People are dealing. No, 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 I understand that, but no, I no. thought you said that like at, before you begin the hike, you like come up with your moniker. Your, you know, you, you can or people will give them to you. I, I have to look it up because it might be. See, because like nicknames are to be given, well, not uh, and, created. And by I the, understand by the, that, and like, a lot of times it's like the people you're hiking with. Like, cause not everybody, you can start solo, but you might wind up seven days walking with this guy because you're at the same pace. I got you. And okay. then, like, based on your interactions, they might throw out, like, call you something that might stick. And you might, like, I, I, I'm going to have to go back and reread it to figure out how that system works. So I'm going to, I'm going to just do a quick exit ramp, but we're going to get right back on the highway. Okay. I want to say it's on. Prime right now, if not Prime, it's Hulu. Have you guys watched Dawn Wall? No. no. It's the story of the two guys that climb. Um, what's the big? What's the big rock face in, in Yosemite? In Yosemite, um, the big wall. Okay, and it's, it's it's the granite one. It's um yeah yeah, and and the dawn wall is like this, like as the sun comes up, it's the portion of that fucking face lights up like golden because of okay. the rising sun, and these two guys, this whole documentary, and I'm actually gonna go back and watch it again now that I'm talking about it. It's their fucking climb, and they do it. Like, it's unassisted, so they're going up and setting their own fucking tie-offs. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember how many days it took them to complete it, but it was, like, the first time that section of wall had ever been done, and, like, hundreds of people had tried it, and nobody mm-hmm. could figure it out. It's an amazing documentary. And, like, there's times where, just like you're talking about, you know, like, people getting the pace or whatever... But these guys made it like surprisingly fast, but they got to a certain point where one guy was able to make it past like whatever the obstacle was to get to the next section. And the second guy, because he needed the second guy, mm-hmm. couldn't quite fucking make it, would almost make it, would almost make it. And so he actually came back down and rejoined him and was like, and, and then like the weather turned. Mm-hmm. And they live in fucking tents. Those hanging tents. Suspended off the fucking... (laughs) And, like, all of a sudden, like, before, like, all of a sudden, like, the words started getting out that so-and-so and and -and so-and-so were trying this fucking new fucking route up El Capitan. Yeah. They're they're going up El Capitan, and they're doing this fucking crazy route that, that they've spent years planning, like, looking at fucking imagery and figuring out, okay, there's holds here that... And, like, there becomes, like, this base camp of spectators to the point, like, it's on the fucking news in yeah. the morning and stuff. But it's a, it's an insane story. And doing the Appalachian Trail is, like, I can only imagine. It's got to be a fucking nut kicker. Like, I did the two weeks in Alaska and yeah. lost, mm-hmm. like, 18 pounds in two weeks. And that was just fishing. I can't imagine... Walking and you know, yeah. hiking three thousand miles. It right. used to be like a really big dream of mine to do it, but then you kind of get to a point like until you get to like you're in a different place in life. When can you take six months off of work to go right. do that? Yeah, but the uh, yeah, 
there's a couple that I follow on Instagram and they must have something to do with fly fishing or I'd have probably not started following them, but like they took a left turn and I still follow them, but they spent, they've spent the last year at least doing hikes to summit the highest peaks on the East coast. Oh wow. And they're, and like every time, like, and, and there's, there's like photos of them and they're like standing, holding a, a, a little placard that has the name of the peak. And they're all like over 6,000 feet on the East coast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I'm like, you know, I know Mount Mitchell is the mm-hmm. highest peak on the, you know, yeah. and, but then you got what Mount Washington. And like, I had no idea the total number of fucking peaks that are actually over a mile high mm-hmm. on like, cause the Rockies, the Rockies right. are sexy. Yeah, Everybody yeah. talks yeah. about, you know, that's where the real mountains yeah. are. But like, I don't know if they completed all of those mm-hmm. 6,000 foot peaks. And now because they have, they spent the last part of the summer. Now they're doing like granders, out in the Rockies, which is like the 14,000, the 13,000. I was just going to say that there's a book that our family friends that live out there called the 14ers. Uh Uh-huh. And it's like, it's a book, but it's almost like a checklist. Yeah. For this 14er, this 14er, this, and I'm, I'm dying just going up three stairs in the house. Right. (laughs) So, so the crazy thing about like those 14ers is from from the limited amount that I've like read or, or or you know seen about them is number one it's physically challenging mm-hmm. right and number two there's only like you were talking about there's a window of opportunity yeah. where the snow has to have melted to a certain point or you just never physically you couldn't have made it up there and well, then there's also a, a window of opportunity based on you can't start them too late. Because That's what I was getting to is like once they once they get to the point where it's like, OK, you can traverse it all the way to the quote unquote peak because the snow melt's gone. Then the secondary issue becomes you have to be able to do it within a certain amount of time, because if you start too late, you're going to get almost there. And that's when the thunderstorms come mm-hmm. through. And you don't want to be that fucking homie up there. It's the tallest when, thing on that mountain. When the fucking lightning yeah. is going. Well, what was it? Pikes Peak. We yeah. did uh-huh. Pikes Peak in July. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But it sucks being that high. Oh, yeah. But there was also still snow mm-hmm. in places. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And you're like, damn, July. Oh, wait. I'm 14,000 plus mm-hmm. feet in the air right now. Yeah, I want to say it's just, something like... What is it? Two degrees per thousand feet mm-hmm. is the temperature drop typically from from sea level. Yeah, something like that. Nice hit. Hypoxia sucks. Lack of oxygen. What, what are we fact checking? Um, so you get given your trail name, okay? But you can decline okay. it. Um. If you don't think it fits you or you just don't like it. Offended. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you get given your trail name. And what they kind of do, too. So it's almost like, like pronouns. Yeah, kind of. 
<laughs> I think I'll just less go than a hundred options probably. Right. They they kind of follow like kind of a theme, you know, like twin sort peaks of. Becky. Uh, it, literally, <laughs> it, there are some interesting trail names, but there's so like I, I want to know when you go how through Nightcrawler. What, like what, what was it had what, to do? Did he hike at night? He hiked at night. Okay. And he hiked a lot at night because it was cooler wow. when he was down low, and so they someone nicknamed him Nightcrawler. And it might have been his buddy. Who was, there was like two guys that were hiking it, and then this girl wound up meeting up with him, I think. adds a certain level of difficulty to yeah. the hike itself. I would and think then, so. And like, then as you go in, there's like lean-tos built in where you can yeah. like set up camp, and then there's logbooks. Uh-huh. Set up at all yep. those. So you write your trail name and the date there, and you can like follow people's oh, nice. path up this thing based on where they check in and their okay. date and they're doing. And then there's something called trail magic. Where trail magic? No, this is this is pretty. This cool. is where Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> comes into right. it. Sometimes we had a name for those guys in Iraq. <laughs> they're <laughs> called the Nakshabandi. Okay. They're magic men. Okay. Well, and th- these magic men, <laughs> what it is, there's either like <laughs> boxes, kind of like a library. Uh-huh. Where people can like put out granola bars or something, and you can grab it. But then there's also like where it like <laughs> expounds on that is like there's a couple spots where you get and you like might need a ride into town to like you might want to go take a shower at uh-huh. a hotel or something. And trail magic is when someone like offers you a ride into town or cooks you a meal. Uh, what are those? I got gotcha. you. It's like a hospitality deal, geocache type deal. Yeah. Okay. But a lot of it, a lot more of it's like. Person to person hospitality. Mm-hmm. So trail trail magic is you're walking up and you walk into town. Yeah, and somebody looks at you and, and, and probably from your physique <laughs> and your mannerisms, they're like, "This is a through hiker." Yeah. Hey, would you like to come over yeah. for dinner tonight? And it's like, like you, you want to come over for dinner, night crawler? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and you meet people. And this chick's book is really interesting. She talks. She comes across. You know, there's some like sketchy stuff that she comes across in this <laughs> this hike, and and they're like, wonder how many serial killers are operating on the oh. Appalachian Trail. Well, that's mm-hmm. what it gets into. Um, oh, she, fucking a. she finds a body. Oh. Hell um, yeah! And it freaks her out. She well, almost yeah. quits, <laughs> and oh, yeah. winds up trail magicing it with someone for like a week. This like family that like found, and it, it wasn't a serial killer, but it's like discussed in the book that there was someone at a one point who was like, well. Eric Rudolph um, hit out on the April, on the mm-hmm. on the trail. Yeah, um, and Eric Rudolph being the Centennial Park bomber mm-hmm. uh, during the Olympics in Atlanta. Have you guys watched the? Uh, he didn't do it. The Richard Jewell movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's on HBO right now, yep. I believe. Okay. Unbelievably good movie. <laughs> Unbelievably good. Yeah. You okay, Ben? Yeah, I'm good. No, I get sometimes I get. Chills, and I, it, like I can't right. control that. So the um, um, I've heard of people exercise. kind of like existing on the Appalachian Trail. Oh yeah, there's like it, like all that to keep it, doing. It's a short, right. yeah. Well, and then there's like so there's people who do the <clears throat> Appalachian Trail, then they go to the Pacific Coast Trail, uh-huh. yeah. and go up that. Like there's like a whole slew of community. Stuff. Well, there's people that do the Florida Trail, the Florida Trail, yeah, which. I pray that they only do it during the winter because can yeah, you imagine dude, the bugs during the summer? I started mapping that out. When Is I that was co- like, it's, that's a coast to coast, east to west coast. No, it's, it's a, a north, north to south. south. North to south. Oh. And What's this east to west one? Oh, Florida east west it's called. Yeah, but the, isn't that a bike trail more bike than anything? Yeah, it's yeah. like an old yeah. rail trail or yeah. something. Yeah, rails to As trails. As you're going yeah. towards your birthplace out in the 
I guess it would be called Eglin mm-hmm. testing range. Part of the trail goes through, through there. that area. Okay. Yeah, one of them you have to get permission. Yep. Um, and then I think part of it goes through Gettysburg. Oh, that um, sweet. And there's a, there's a like a mention of that. That'd be pretty um, sweet. I think they said you wind up spending. Maybe it's Pennsylvania. You wind up spending a lot of time in, like the most miles are there or something, because the way it like snakes around. Uh huh. But it's the book's called Becoming Odessa. It's really good if you're looking for like mm-hmm. a a kind of cool like we'll call it a mild adventure read. It's not like suspenseful, right? But it, it's it's pretty cool. This girl gets out of college at 21 and decides to go do it. And then, I honestly think there's not enough um, people that realize that. Once you get that job, that you're stuck. That, yeah. Right. yeah. Once the bills start, they never end, and people should like. What do they call that? The gap year. Gap year. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm a big fan of the gap years. Yeah. You know, if I had Absolutely. it to do over again, I, I think I would have taken time off to, you know, go and work a summer in Alaska mm-hmm. or go, you know, I mean, travel to wherever. Because once you start working, you're fucked. I did it for like 10 years. I I worked like six months out of the year, like in like pseudo normal jobs and volunteer stuff other places and traveled and did all kinds of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the best thing you do become a carny. <laughs> town to town, beer to beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. You don't need no tickets to ride this ride, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. The um, I've got friends who uh, I don't know them anymore. I used to go to church with them. They're in their they're probably in their seventies now, but they used to go take two weeks a year and hike portions of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget what they call portion hikers. They're not. One thing that's interesting in this book she talks about is like the battle of dealing with like your respect level for people who aren't through hikers. She said it's really easy. Like if you pull up on like if you've been hiking all day and you're nasty. And you pull up on one of those tents, and it's full of like day hikers who have set uh-huh. up tent to get like pretty bitter at them. So and it's like, like a- no, that's my tent. I've earned this like this spot. You move and get out of here. And she she talks about like it's really not. It's like a dry fly versus a nymphor. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm I'm the one who's Purist. been on the trail for a month. How yeah. dare you take the overhang and make me set up my tent in the rain? Yep, I can see that. Versus, I don't know. I wouldn't buy into that. No, no, different, I, I, no different than I'm on a charter. Well, go fuck well, yourself. Get and that's up what she says. Mm-hmm. She goes, I used to, she goes, you know, it's something you deal with, especially like as you've been on it longer, you kind of, there's like a little bit of a pride mentality. It's like, this is my trail. And it's like, you have to deal. With, no, this isn't. This right. is everybody's trail. <laughs> I didn't make it here first. Sucks. Right. But at 21, when I'm by myself and having a rough evening. Yep. You find someone. And they're right. like, it's like the cheeky battle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you didn't pack up your cheeky. No, I just got here. I set up this morning. Daybreak. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's cool. I dig it. All right. Anything coming up? We had oh, that's what I was... My, yeah. my question was going to be for Ben mm-hmm. um, as we start winding up. You are... Headed to South Carolina next weekend. I am headed to Spartanburg on Friday. Are you guys planning on doing any fishing? That's all we're planning on doing. 
Okay. The uh, Woody has extended the invite, which is if you don't know who Woody is by now, that's Pacolet River Outfitters. So Pasolet. Pasolet, Cabriolet. <laughs> are you going to be fishing the Pasolet? I'm not 100 percent sure. The uh, Saluda. Hopefully both. Or the Davidson. I don't know. I, we're we're smallmouth fishing. I'll I don't know either. That. I'm just making up names. Okay. I was gonna, when you said Davidson, I was a little confused because I'm like mm, wrong state, but cool story. Um, then I thought maybe there's like a tail of it that runs there. But anyways, um, all I know is we kind of we talked about it for like two months. We should do it, and I finally said, "Dude, pick a date. When's good for you? I'll you know I'll clear my schedule and we'll do it." So. Between trips to Montana and, you know, what he had going on, he's like, dude, I'm good end of October. And I said, perfect, let's do it. And I kind of tried to gap it between, like... End of October, you're going early. We're in August. That's what I meant. I tried to gap it because I knew, potentially, the Taylor's Ball being October. I didn't want to, like, wind up here and then two weeks later be trying to go to Charleston. Right. So I was like, dude, if we do it end of August, I'm probably safe either way, you know. And I had... I forget what we did like a month, month and a half ago or what I did, but I was like kind of planned around falling between those two things. Okay. Um, and then he's actually turning around and he, he texted me the other day and said, hey man, turn events, we're coming down for Labor Day. You want to fish that next weekend? So we're going to, I'm going to go fish with him next weekend and he's going to come fish with me the weekend after. So he'll be down here in town. Yeah. He, his wife's family lives in St. Augustine. Oh, okay. So he's nice. going to come down and he wants to snook fish a little bit. Um. But I think he's only free Friday. But we're going to do it. We're going to have fun. Nice. Carl, you got anything? Mm, nothing major. Nothing major. Bunch of work. That's it. Yeah. If I do, I don't remember. <laughs> I'll remind I'll you. I'll let you know the night before. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll remind you when we get off. Yes. Um, we've got something coming up this week. Oh, we do. No, I remember. Yeah. So um, we'll talk about that the next time we're all around the old cool. oak table. Um, unless we go and nothing happens, and then we'll just fucking pretend like it didn't yep. happen. Sounds uh, good to me. Um, so, episode, Ben? 52. 52. We're going to say that we have... Oh, wow, that could have been <laughs> that bad. Been that could have been really bad. <laughs> been the world's but, worst uh, phone call. We're going to sign off for now. Visit TaylorTrash.com. Buy a t-shirt. Keep us soused for four. Or all and, of them. And uh, look for some new stickers coming out soon. And we'll be back sometime. Sometimes I feel like I don't have a partner. Sometimes I feel like my only friend is the city I live in, the city of angels. Lonely as I am, together we cry. I drive on the streets cause she's my companion. I walk through the hills cause she knows who I am. She sees my good deeds and she kisses me 